Hey everyone, this is your host, Alec Mohibian, with just a quick note before we get started. Filthy Armenian Adventures is a travel agency for the soul, which takes you all over the map of our cultural apocalypse and deep into its most forbidden and forgotten territories. And the show is made possible entirely by the rug merchants, cigar singers, and oligarchs of the night who subscribe on Patreon. So if this free episode touches you in any way, please consider putting just a little bit of money where your soul is and becoming a patron, patreon.com slash filthy Armenian. You'll get access to twice as many adventures as the free feed, including the most intimate and scandalous ones. You'll get first dibs on the next live event. The first one was a real smash. And most importantly, you'll get the pride of being a stakeholder in this one-of-a-kind multi-dimensional hunt for truth, gold, and John Galt's motor. Patreon.com slash filthy Armenian. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. It's not dark yet. It's not dark yet. It's not dark yet. You are listening to Filthy Armenian Adventures. Tonight's adventure takes place along the Colorado Street Bridge in Pasadena, California. Designed and built in 1912 for the cost of what is in today's money merely $5.5 million. It is one of the grand civil engineering achievements in America and probably the most interesting and beautiful bridge in all of Southern California crossing as it does over the Arroyo Seco. The bridge became known during the Great Depression as the Suicide Bridge. The most interesting suicide story is an old one from the 1930s or so about a woman who brought her baby to the bridge, threw her baby off the bridge and then jumped off the bridge herself she died. But the baby, the baby was saved. The baby was caught in a tree. And that baby grew up to be Saddam Hussein. Shadows falling been there all day It's too hard to sleep I'm tired of running away I feel like my soul is turning to steel I still got the scars that the sun 
Lisbon. From Lisbon. Lisbon. Is that where the is that where the corporeal headquarters of Urban are going to be in the future? Is it? I don't understand why anybody goes to Lisbon. I guess it's because I don't either. Honestly, yeah. I went a couple years ago it's and like, I didn't get why? it. Why? It's like what's the point of this place? It's like uh, it's like uh, Spain. It's like Payless version of Spain, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah. It's like Payless Spain. The people are like slightly nicer, but everything is like shitty. I don't even know that they're nicer, honestly. Yeah, maybe I, nicer. I like Spain is nice. You know, I mean, they they don't know in English any better than in Spain either, yeah, do they? Yeah, no, they sort of. They're shorter, even. Yeah, they're shorter. They're a little less like I don't know. In Barcelona, they're kind of hostile. You know? like, oh, the I see. Barcelona's are kind of hostile. Yeah, but then that that's that's true. But also in Barcelona, if you're there in the summer, there's so many, there's so much of everyone yeah. that you don't even. To me, the hostility doesn't, you know. Yeah. And there's so many like regular Spaniards that aren't Catalan. Um, you know, I I, the most hostile thing about Spain is that nothing is ever open. Like a pharmacy, forget it. At 8 p.m., you're not going to get your pills. <laughs> There's no, that's not happening. Yeah. The the food is open, which is nice, but like the if you need basic necessities at like 9:30 p.m., you're yeah, no, you're done. You're done. Yeah. And you need to cure yourself. Yeah. Kind of like you need to be like Orwell in the in the uh, barracks, fucking in homage to Catalonia, like yeah. having to teach the 12 year old how to use a rifle because nobody has taught anyone how to use a rifle in their regiment. Right. No, and, and it's also like a, it's like perfectly Western Europe in that like nothing really works or is open, but also everything's a massive pain in the ass. Yeah. Like there's a million licenses and like, like we went to a Halloween store and you had to like fill out a form to take a number to buy a mask at the Halloween store. Oh, okay. Because it was so crowded. In Lisbon? Yeah. Oh and everything God. was like that. It's like you need to like fill out a form and it doesn't really work correctly. Yeah. And also we got noise complaints wherever we went. It was like endless noise complaints. At restaurants, people would stand up and be like, could you please be quiet? Really? Yeah. Every apartment was like, we would have parties and it was every, it was knocking every five minutes. Oh knock, my God. Knock, knock, Can you please? Can I would please? think the one thing about being somewhere Latinate. Yeah. Right. Would be that exactly. there's no noise complaints. That's exactly. No, but this is Western Europe. They're all dying. It's everybody's this. I'm stealing this from Sean Monahan. But every, uh, everyone is dying. It's like everybody's aunt is dying oh, in and their they're condo. Just like, right. And they're just like, please let our aunt just die yeah. in peace. Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> you know, see. it's just like the whole culture is just dying. I and mean, it just wants to be like left alone. Well, they need to learn to be more like Beirut where... They know they're they're just assuming they're gonna d- get bombed tomorrow, and yeah. so they're gonna party. Tonight. So they're having fun. Yeah, right? they're yeah, having yeah, a yeah, lot of yeah, fun yeah. tonight. I realized as you sent me, I, I printed out the um, New Yorker, uh, L.A. Glows. Oh yeah. Piece yeah. from 1998, and I realized that like, God damn it, this is like a daylight savings time episode because yeah, is. this is about where it's going. Like, are we? Can you remind me if if they finally are going to change the fucking time thing by next year? That this is the last year they're doing it? Or is this still open? I thought that they just voted to, like, consider it, not to actually do it. Oh, I have to double check. I thought it was vote. I thought we voted to, like, do it, to not stop doing it. But it's going to take effect in 2024, not now. And I feel like it's not just me. Like, all of society cannot handle another year of this. <laughs> Dark of this darkness of it this really dying, does. dying, dying light at like 3 p.m. I can't. It's the worst. Because I'm a night owl as it is, yeah. so I don't get any sun. 
yeah. unless um, it's late. Right. Yeah, and it sucks to wake up and then immediately it's dark. Immediately yeah, it's dark. And it's like you're just watching you're just watching it, the day die yeah. every single day until March. Yeah. It does suck. It does suck. I agree. I do not look forward to this. It was already getting bad before the time switch, you know? Yeah. Like it's get you started noticing really that it's dark by six. Well also we're so far. We're actually pretty, like in comparison to San Francisco, we're very far east in LA. You forget how much further east LA is than San Francisco. Oh yeah, I didn't even realize. Yeah, we're like way further east. So actually here, wait, so that would mean that technically the sun rises in San Francisco first, yeah. right? Well, no, Along it rises in the east, so it would rise here first. It right. sets in the so, west. Yeah, exactly. So it, so it right, sets later yeah, over it there. It sets later there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So we're in an odd place in, in many ways. Like, we're, yeah. it sets earlier in LA. And you notice that. Like, when you're up there, it, it sets way later. Uh, yeah, sets right. Yeah, I think you do notice that. I li- and I like it. I like that. <laughs> I like yeah. it when it sets later. Me too. It's I like it when thing. it's late, sun, sunny as late as possible. Yeah, when it's like, su- when, it, when I'm in these, ver- whenever I'm somewhere in Europe, or even Armenia is like this, I think, in the, in the uh, summer. Uh, where it sets super late, like maybe you know it's like light until nine ten p.m. or whatever. That that's perfect for me. Yeah, you know? I agree. It's the best. Nine to ten. That's about when it's ready to get dark. Yeah, I totally agree. Not so, five. Yeah, it's the worst. It, everything's early in LA. You know, the, I, that's what I hate about the city more than anything. There's restaurants in Pasadena, like that close at eight p.m. No, I. It's, it's what kind yeah. of restaurant closes at eight p.m.? That's like insane. How it, is that even legal? Should not be allowed. It's the most incongruous thing about LA for me yeah. too, because I'm, a, I'm the, uh, you know, it's true. People don't realize because they think, oh, LA, blah, hedonism, blah. Yeah. You know, LA, LA is a morning city. Yeah. LA is like everyone wakes up at 5 a.m. to go to their 6 a.m. call time or early, or their 5 a.m. call time. They wake up at four. That's yeah. a common thing. Uh, uh, that's like, and that carries through the, the land. It's not a late city. Yeah. You have to really find, you know, yeah, you gotta try really tiny hard. pockets of thing life that yeah, lets that late at night. Yeah, yeah, you gotta find after hours is hidden in like, you and know. they suck. Like they do LA suck. after hours is are terrible. They're I mean, pretty bad. compared to other places. Yeah, they're, they're bad. Great. No, no, they're bad. Yeah. I've been, not that I mean, I, I've explored them as much as I could the last two years, and they're bad. They're mm-hmm. not good. No, they're bad. Um, they're not. They're not as good as any. They're not as good as like even New York. Oh yeah, no, in New York, there's there's much more. I mean, the best place to do the late thing is Europe, but of course. I mean, Berlin, Berlin yeah, Berlin, yeah. right? Berlin, like you, when I was in Berlin, I don't think I saw the sun. I think I only was there is out. no sun to see. Yeah, yeah. There's right. a, there, there's a, so you just it's out of the yeah. equation entirely. Yeah, you're just like, like you might as well just accept. There, accept that you're living in under fucking underground, <laughs> danky, yeah. grungy sex club, and yeah. just you know lean into it. Yeah, that's Le- all you just lean do. into it. That's yeah. and that makes sense. Everything is all contextual, you know. It's yeah. like. In LA, it doesn't make sense for you to not have light. Yeah. And yet it's a sun call. It's a sun call, and yet, call. yeah, and yet it's like uh, no, I mean, yet it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, a, a rare resource in the winter because of the fucking how late how early it goes down. Yeah. Hello. Some Mexicans with a Chihuahua, just like, just like rocking out in their uh, pickup truck. I love it. So all of which is to say that this is a particularly, you know popular time to consider what to consider the Colorado Bridge because it's a place that's known for people <laughs> jumping, off. jumping right off. Yeah, yeah. Is that where we are? Where is the Colorado? Where does it begin? 
Okay, so. There's a big suicide sign right on. All right, let's right check it out. Thing. Let's check it out. Now you work, um, Isaac, uh, close by. Yeah, uh, my office is about a 10 minute walk into old Pasadena. Um, yeah. Pasadena is a very rich history. Pasadena is like a very important part of LA history that I'm not sure many people even understand. Um, I'm not even sure how much I understand it because it's it's kind of like it it's it it's bigger than its the 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 weight of it. It's much bigger than its actual size because it's only like 130,000 people, which is less than Glendale, I think. Um, but it goes way back. It goes like it goes back to 18 1870-something, uh, I think is when it was incorporated. I think it's the second, well, it might be the second city in this area that was incorporated after L.A. Um, in Southern California. It was kind of like a twin city. Uh, it was a major resort place for Easterners for, for a while. It has so much fucking, I mean, it has, you know, JPL. It has... Uh, a lot of institutions are, are based here, a lot of important institutions, science-wise, art-wise, academic-wise. And it's got like also a lot of occult, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with Jim Parsons and that whole thing. Well, it's Alistair Crowley, right? Well, yeah, yeah he was, yeah, he was part of, he was a, a member of Alistair Crowley's like church of the whatever the fuck that, you know, gooky yeah. booky thing. Yeah. And that's also kind of instrumental to Ron, L. Ron Hubbard's. Uh, yeah. L. Ron Hubbard basically, I think, copied their uh, various tat rituals and um, you know brainwashing methods when he founded Scientology. Uh, yeah, okay. a, there's a very weird history there. But I, I, I should probably do an episode one day entirely on Jim Parsons and what happened here. And he, he of course, killed him. He, of course at the age of 37 when his wife ran off with L. Ron Hubbard he his house exploded in a chemical explosion that ah. most people assume is a suicide oh cool so yeah he had a, he did a little Walter White thing nice um, so who was Jim Parsons Jim Parsons was, a, was he was a rocket scientist oh okay. and he was a, so I think he was instrumental in the founding of the JPL of JPL and whatever the second one is here um uh, so yeah, he was a he was a rocket scientist who was who got into it through science fiction, um, but then he got way into the Aleister Crowley shit, and they were doing all kinds of uh, satanic rituals at his house, where L. Ron Hubbard was a frequent guest and a friend, and there were love triangles, and there were uh, there were all kinds of. I mean, I, I don't remember all the details now. There's a lot of weird details. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of weird fucking details, and it's also interesting because he had like he apparently had he apparently had like a libertarian political he was he was he he, he dabbled with communism and then but didn't get go into it completely, and then would later try to kind of I think protect himself by 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 linking himself to the libertarianism of American of the American founding fathers yeah. as like a way of deflecting, you know, critique of his shit. Um, and he's pretty hot when I look at his picture. So I'm, I'm interested now. I'm more interested than ever in this, in this uh, your, uh, demonic portal. I man. loved your onstage story of being becoming gay at the Apple Pan. Oh, yeah. That was a great fucking story. I've, I've actually been thinking about that it's, a lot since then. Because you two were just being so, like, honest about it, you know? 
I don't think I've ever like heard that level of honesty uh, in a long time. I mean, so I was really I was pretty, you know, I, I, I it, it, it's a, only recently that I've been able to look at these things with a real with real candor at yeah. my own like because because in, in a way it's so embarrassing, you know, <laughs> to be so such like a late bloomer and to be so uh, like to have your entire uh, origin story emanate from the apple pan of all places <laughs> which as i said is overrated although well, where do you fall on the apple pan uh, fandom are you a yeah, fan i like i like apple pan. it's I'm good fine. It's fine. no yeah, it's, it's good fine. yeah it's there was a there was, in the 2000s it was really when i was growing up it was like 90s 2000s it was like really on the tip of everyone's tongue you yeah. know everyone was like just going crazy about it so it was a little bit on the but it, but i do enjoy it yeah they have good there, fries there's a secretly. apple pan s so I've never actually been down there. Um, oh, yeah. There's an Apple Pan-esque uh, place here called uh, Heienberger. Oh, really? It's kind of like our version of Apple Pan, yeah. but it's not as good. It's, oh, okay. Really Apple Pan is way better. Well, what is that building, you know? So that building is actually, in, I think, is a Ninth Circuit Court now. Oh. Yeah. Uh, we, we have insane. a friend who we have. A, I have a friend who works there. Yeah, right, me right too. Now. I don't I know think, if it's I the think same it's a, friend. I'm assuming it's the same. Really? I mean, it's a small world. Yeah. Right. So you know that guy. Yeah. Okay. You gotta tell me. Well, he was at the event. If yeah. it's the same guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he was at your event. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was in town. Yes. I think. Yeah. Well, he is in town. He yeah. is. He lived. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you know him. Yeah. Nice. I mean, all, you know, as of recently, it was only a few months ago. Yeah. We met at the, the party up in Berkeley. Yeah, same. You know, was all same, same. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so. That's there he is. Yeah, okay. so he's in there. And. Um, it's a cool building. Yeah, so it's, it's like a former kind of like shining esque hotel kind of thing. It is a very shining, because it yeah. towers over this, whatever this part, whatever this would be called, this uh, valley. This is the Arroyo, this okay. This is the Arroyo. This oh. is the Arroyo Seco. I like how we have to. We can look through it, like through the Alcatraz yeah, well, gates. And this is just the most insane thing in human history. Okay, elaborate. Well, I mean... <laughs> um, damn, I've like, literally never like looked down there. It's in these weird tract homes right now yeah, or something. Yeah, it's like kind of like shitty. Shitty like tract homes you know, with these large oval courtyards. Yeah, but it's like probably really nice. It's sort of its own little like world down there. Yeah, it, it almost looks like it's like the bungalows of a, like these are the houses they give to like the, you know, uh, yeah. the Manhattan Project scientists while they're working on the... Oh, and that must be the, uh, you know, whatchamacallit mansion there. Um, I think I've been there. Yeah. That, What's that I've mansion? There. No, very, very famous. God, I can't believe it. I should know this immediately. But um, it's the. Uh, um, it's on Orange Grove. No, well, it's saying Wrigley Mansion. The Wrigley Mansion. But I don't think that is the Wrigley Mansion. I think that's the Wrigley Mansion is further down from there. That's. Uh, that's some other place. Wrigley of, of course, Wrigley, yeah. you know. So Wrigley they're Bum, big here. Wrigley Field, yeah. Maybe that is just the Wrigley Mansion, but I thought they're, they're the most famous, so the, the, like, architectural style here that was famous was called Arts and Crafts, and Arts and Crafts was, like, basically, like, 
craftsmen's on steroids. And so a lot of the houses around here that are famous are uh, arts and crafts. It's oh, I was thinking that's the Gamble House. The Gamble House. But is that? I no, that's not the Gamble House. Is that? I've been to one of these mansions. Would be over there, I guess. And there's a rose bowl. I can see it right from here. No. Okay. We're standing here. We're looking back into Pasadena. Yeah, no, that's the Gamble House. That's the Gamble House. That's what that is. Yeah, so the Gamble House is like the most famous house in, uh, in Pasadena. And it's an arts and crafts. Arts and crafts. It's such a gay name for an art movement, yeah, but... Um, anyway, yeah, so we're staring at a huge, hideously ugly fence. Which could be beautiful. That, that's not even, like, trying to have holes in it that you could see the bridge through. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like essentially, like, the most ugly fence you could possibly make. It's a public school trying. fence. It's like a but public... it's not even a public school fence because it's, like, smaller. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's really small. even blocking even more. Yeah, the little... Oh, sorry. And, uh, so this was erected here. So L.A. is not a land of bridges, right? We have no bridges. We're not a place where there are bridges. There's the Shakespeare Bridge and yeah. Silver Lake. And which, which is the is cool. smallest which fucking bridge. Which is the tiniest ever little seen. bridge. Yeah, yeah. yeah Every cute. other city in the world has many bridges, pretty much. Yeah. But another thing that makes LA so weird no bridges. And so this is our only bridge. You gotta make your own bridge. bridges in this fucking town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta build your own fucking bridges. Yeah. And so there's no fucking bridges. All there is is disgusting, ugly highway bridges. Yeah. And so this is our fucking bridge. This is it. This is the bridge of LA, Colorado Bridge. It's the only one we have. And in 2018, they not only built an anti-suicide fence on it, but they built the ugliest, most horrible anti-suicide fence you could ever possibly imagine. Ironically, increases your impulse to commit suicide. Yes, because, because of how it's ugly so it is. depressing. And yeah. it's just like... I just cannot believe... And look, there are... First of all, there already is a fucking suicide fence on the existing bridge. Yeah. That's pretty fucking high. So then they just put this fucking horrible fence here. Yeah, yeah. This is this, this bridge is... Yeah, I mean, you could I could easily climb this, obviously. But you could easily climb this if you're crafty enough. Right. It's just absolutely insane to me. It's like we are bordering ourselves in and just blocking beauty we're just yeah. destroying beauty it's horrible it would be it would look great if you just literally <laughs> took this stupid fucking fence away you could just see how it would you it's open beautiful. up all the green all exactly. the green of that leads to the rose bowl surrounds the rose bowl yeah. i mean i've 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 been to the rose bowl as i've said let's see i've been to there's like six games a year since i was five years old for ucla for ucla so uh, up until 2020, so like basically uh, 35 times six. Yeah. That's how many times I've been to the Rose Bowl for a football game. Yeah, yeah. Plus yeah. the two Rose Bowl games UCLA made it in the 90s. So um, I've spent a lot of time, all my time in Pasadena has been at the Rose Bowl or at the occasional, you know, family birthday dinner at the on, uh, on Colorado. Yeah. One of those restaurants. Yeah. Where sh this bridge connect. If we kept walking that way, right? Will we get to Colorado. where? Well, yeah, yeah, where all the yeah, fucking restaurants are. And yeah, so this, this connects, you know, yeah, across the, the Arroyo yeah. uh, to basically Glendale. But actually, the other side of this is still Pasadena, and then you have Glendale. Now, can you explain to the to me and the public 
where Arro- how Arroyo Seco get came to be named? Like, what's the well, basis of that? This is the Arroyo. So the Arroyo is essentially an Arroyo is like something that happens in Mexico, I guess. <laughs> that right. like they have a word for it. That like I don't even think we have a word for it, which is like a dry river. Basically. Dry river. And so it's like an Arroyo is like a river and there's a bunch of these in LA. The LA River is also it's all dry as yeah. fuck, yeah. So it's like most of the year around it's dry, but then like for a little period it'll like turn into an actual river, right? I bet you it's an Indian it's probably a native of an Indian origin that concept. I would think yeah. even more than Mexico maybe. Yeah, probably true. That's right. Yeah, there were Indians here, there were tri- there was a this was all settled. This was all in Indian stuff before even the you know, Spanish, the, the Spanish settlements. Right, exactly. So, so the Arroyo... It's a dry river. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge valley, basically, yeah. but it's like has water in it, or used to have water in it, and it blocks off Pasadena from... So that's the San Gabriel Valley, yeah. and that's the San Fernando Valley. So the San Fernando Valley, flat, hot, corn, Armenians, where yeah. you're from. Yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> that's like, you know, the, the valley is yeah. over there to the left. And then the San Gabriel Valley is like beautiful, green, you know, uh, much more nice But bad news, area. also some Armenians. Well, I know and, there's a good Armenian... Uh, and now yeah. the San Gabriel Valley is all Chinese. Chinese. So everybody's fucking Chinese yeah. right now. The entire thing is fucking Chinese, so it's over for... I just wish there were a few more of us Armenians yeah, to definitely. balance things out, don't you? I prefer yes. the Armenians to, to the Chinese. Um, so, yeah, that's... Yeah, the San Gabriel Valley is like... Uh, beautiful it's uh, like sierra madre yeah i mean you know you go into places like temple city like deep in there and it's gross it's like shitty every deep every yeah. valley has every its, deep valley yeah, every yeah. deep valley gets rough in places spots but yeah. <laughs> like right where we're standing right now is gorgeous i yeah. mean if without the fence without the fucking fence but this is just such a good the fence to me the reason why i'm so fascinated by this is it's just the perfect like in a thousand years they will look back and think of like the longhouse era or whatever you want to call this era basically when uh women took control of culture yeah they will view it with such like you know how there's like certain things in the past you look back and you're like man they were really fucking crazy yeah like this is one of those things they will look back and be like you're telling me because you wanted people to be safe you destroyed the most beautiful bridge in your city why not just explode like, the bridge right why not like just- are you fucking insane like, this is the entire point of existence, is to create beautiful shit. And they just, like, pasted it over with this disgusting bridge, with this disgusting fence, because people kill themselves. Like, oh, so it's better if they just kill themselves, like, on the street in Skid Row? Like, yeah. why is that bad? Like, it's, better it's, if they, it's so ridiculous. Yeah, it's better if they just kill themselves by gradually yeah. uh, ingesting exactly. seed oils right. <laughs> over the course of their lives. Uh, yeah, it sucks. It's really sad. You know, everyone talks about the, when it comes to the Rose Bowl, yeah. everyone talks about the how it's like the most beautiful site in all the sports because of the, of the San Gabriel Mountains yeah. behind it. And, of course, that's a little bit, you know, ahead. You're not seeing all this. You're, this is even more beautiful from this vantage point than what you see at the Rose Bowl. At the Rose Bowl, you just see the mountains. Here you see all of this, all of the, uh, this green forest-like, uh, uh, you know, kind of uh, wall leading to the Rose Bowl and the mountains behind it. Um, yeah, yeah. Really the Rose sad. Bowl, by the way, the Rose Bowl is in the Arroyo. Like, right, that's, it's right deep it, in the it's deep in the pit. Arroyo. It's in the yeah. 
It's right in the, yeah. It's really right down in there in the snatch of the arroyo, uh, <laughs> surrounded by glorious bush and glorious green bush and who knows what occult rituals had taking place in the houses in the hills surrounding. Well, do you know anything about like the Devil's Dam or whatever? That's around the here The Devil's too. Dam? Or the Devil's, supposedly like the Gates of Hell or whatever. Oh. That's an Aleister Crowley thing. That's it's, another thing, it's yeah. It's here, it's also like right here. It's like right over there or something. Oh, like inside shit. here somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I don't know where, where exactly or like what exactly that is. But. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm shy. I'm shy of, de of, of even putting myself in proximity to the kind of uh, black magic, satanic bullshit. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. But it's necessary to the degree of understanding part of the cult-like nature of the city and the way that it always kind of, it's, it's, it's just been an endless uh, garden of cults. Yeah. Um, going all yeah. the way back. Garden and, you know, of cults. That's a good book, book title. Yeah, the, the garden, garden of, cults. of cults. It basically is a garden. It's a garden of cults and it goes way back. It's not just like, yeah. I mean, one leads to another, as you can see in the case of Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard. Totally. Uh, there's a, you know. Well, and even out like in the desert or in uh, like Topanga and like, or wherever that is out there, like, you know, uh, Spawn Ranch. Spawn Ranch. Yeah, and they're like the children of the... There's also yeah, another the children, one out yeah, there. The children, like the children of what is it called? The children of God? I yeah, mean, the like children, children of, of something. There's another one out there, yeah. and yeah, that's true. It's like this is new age. There's so many, um, but, and, but the interesting thing is too how they connect to each other, uh, how yeah. they separate, and also the, and also to me the ones that aren't even you know considered to be cults, but which effectively are cult-like uh, movements that could only have ever happened here, you know, or that they or that in such numbers could only happen here. Um, and of all, you know, up and down, and you know, maybe the thing to do is just, just quit bitching and start your own fucking cult. Yeah. You know what I mean? Become a cult leader or become join a cult leader. Yeah, join one and go right straight up. to the top. You got to yeah. become the right hand man and kind of do all the, you know, while he right. becomes kind of comatose. Yeah. And you do all the speaking for the cult leader. And then you get to bang all the girls. That's yeah. That's the only reason. Well, that's the main reason. That's the only reason. But the thing is, it's not just the only reason to start a cult. That's the only reason to do anything. Yeah, that's true. And so, if you take that out of the equation, great. You just protected a bunch of innocent girls. You've also completely <laughs> ground civilization to a halt because there's no reason to do anything anymore exactly. whatsoever. So, Greg, here we are on the suicide bridge we cannot commit suicide on. Yeah, they won't let us. There is no more cults. There shall be no more, uh, there shall be no more grooming and sexual seduction. Yeah. And here's a fence. Yeah, no more jumping off the bridge. No more jumping the long off the house, bridge. The longhouse has won. We are in a state of permanent non-suicide, yes. and it feels great. And non-sex. Non-sex, and non, -sex, non, -sex, and, non and the light is going down, <laughs> and it's not dark yet, but it's getting there. Yeah, good pop, pop there. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been down there actually. Yeah. It does has a certain like sinister plant community feel to it. Yeah, that well, also like, seems nice. So there's that weird like guy, like bronze guy on a bicycle statue. You see that? Wait, where's that? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah who the yeah. fuck is that? Let me see if it's I can. Very like Pleasantville. Yeah, I know, very Pleasantville. It's a, and it's like small. It's only like it looks like it's a total of eight houses, yeah. uh, in this in this particular. Strange. There's a man walking a little dog. 
a little mutt over there by the park, weird park bench. Yeah, it's a very, it just looks like a movie set. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like a, like, maybe it's, maybe the clerks, maybe they give these places to the clerks who work in the court. I don't know. Oh, it looks, it's like it, I mean, court. I'm. No, look, we got, it's fat, uh, fat Mexicans. Oh, okay, crazy. never mind. Never mind. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of garbage in that one yard, too. <laughs> That's, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, hey, look, there's a hoarder, some hoarder action. Although that looks like Halloween related. It does look the pumpkinish yeah. over here, yeah. Um, yeah. So let's talk about you, Isaac. Should we keep walking? Yeah, well, you tell me. The other end? Tell me where to, where do you think we should? Well, let's at least see yeah. what happens. Let's see what's here. Yeah, let's see if an opportunity opens for crossing over. <laughs> To the other side. Uh, tell me about your life now. You, as everybody knows, you run the Will Ad Agency now. Yeah. And this is, describe it, this is an ad agency that, that targets certain kinds of businesses. businesses yeah, right? I mean, you know, put extremely simply, it's just right-wing advertising. Right. But, um, you know, we don't try to be right-wing. You know, I think, I think, um, an example of a brand that we would not work with is Black Rifle Coffee. Right. Because Black Rifle Coffee is just Globo Homo painted over with like guns, you know? Right. But in actuality, there is nothing radical, there's nothing dissident, there's nothing rebellious about Black Rifle at all. It's right? just the titties on the girls that they that they shoot, that they do in their commercials, and then they have like rifles, and it yeah, exactly. all seems like a sinister psyop and to right. begin with. But okay. it's actually just the same bullshit, shitty, white label, you know, lowest bidder coffee that every right. other fucking, you know, that you get anywhere else. Uh, it's just like painted with Republican colors. Right. You know, and so, uh, there's a lot of products like that, or you know, like the survival pails. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that are designed to uh, draw in this right-wing um, Americana demand, mm -hmm. and we do not want to do that. Like that is not what Will is about. What Will is about is building culture around the opportunity that the left has given us. And the opportunity that the left has given us Sorry. is um, Sorry. the fact that they have simply by completely dominating every mainstream institution, they have made being right wing cool. Right. Which is incredible. It's an incredible opportunity for, for anybody because when every university and every brand and every um, newspaper is telling you to chop your dick off and you know if that if you have a racist thought you are Hitler you know yeah. you're evil young people are gonna rebel against that and the only way to rebel in today's world is to be right-wing you know you can literally go as far left as you can possibly imagine and be accepted by the mainstream yeah if you go the slightest bit right you're yeah, immediately yeah. fucking cut off. Yeah, even just center, even just like basic ass '90s Democrat centrism is yes. considered to be uh, Nazi, Nazi. Exactly. Thing, right? Yeah, you're right. As we see with like you know the basic kind of basic centrists like Rogan and 
exactly. And so on and so yeah, forth. Who are basically left wing people. Yeah, right? they're, they're, they're liberal Democrats they're liberal, from the 90s exactly. who are, you know, politically incorrect, obviously, because they're comedians or whatever. Yeah. But that's it. Your politics are right. So uh, somebody like Rogan, perfect example, just gets forced to the right because yeah. he's not accepted by the left. So what that has done is get given this amazing like hole in culture where Bud Light, right? I mean, right. Bud Light's a perfect example. Bud Light was this great moment where the average common American just kind of said, "Fuck this," you know. I don't want to be involved in this like academic leftism and the awfuls you know these affluent white white females that are running culture right now like the woman who that was involved in okay we've come to some stairs we've come to some stairs to take us down we go down let's check it well let's just see what's let's see what we see if we go down that's nice this is an adventure path yeah this is we don't know where we're going to end up yeah going under a bridge always dangerous there might, we might get kidnapped by a literal bridge troll. Yeah, this is where the Pasadena bridge yeah. troll. Who sells our pussy for scraps. <laughs> it's beautiful. Okay, well, at least here we get a nice glimpse of yeah. past the, uh, the Arroyo beauty. Let me take yeah, a picture of this shit. Zero homeless people. Zero homeless people. Already we've discovered a novelty. Let me take a picture of you looking out. I'll just from behind. Like looking out. Yeah. And look what we got over here. Suicide, Suicide crisis line sign. This is another thing in our society that's uh, one of these, like, everything must be destroyed by ugliness. Like, you know when you have a baby and you have all this baby shit? Like, all the baby shit comes with a sticker on it that you can't take off that says, like, strangling death. Yeah. You know, because it's supposed to remind you to, like, you know, not strangle your baby to death. Yeah, but yeah. But the result is that every single time you're looking at your baby, there's like, a sign right next to her face saying, strangling yeah, yeah, death. Yeah. Strangling it's like, death. don't think of a white yeah, elephant. Yeah, don't yeah, think yeah, of yeah, 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 right. Don't think of strangling that baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A fucking annoying don't baby. You do it. Don't you do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, of course. Of course it's needed. I've always loved the arch. I've always loved that. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Underneath the Colorado Bridge, the arch. What, what holds it up. Uh, yeah, I mean, so again, if you wanted to commit suicide, you could just do it from here instead. Right, it's well, like, well, yeah. I don't so know. who cares about that? Like, that fence doesn't accomplish anything except some women in the Pasadena City Council. Yeah, feeling safe. Feeling safe Cult thing. safety is a, Well, actually, probably a lot of it is also litigation. Yeah, it's uh, true. There's a bunch of there's some Jewish and Armenian lawyers. Yeah, so we all know what they're doing up there, what they're up to. Correct. They're suing for hazard, you know, knowing hazard. Um, it's cool how the vines climb up the concrete like that. It makes you wonder, like, in a hundred years, is that whole thing going to be green? That's right. Like, have those vines been climbing for a hundred years? Well, you would think someone is probably. No, they couldn't be, right? Could they be right. chopped them up? Would be, wouldn't they be? Unless there's an ordinance to let them climb. Yeah, or do they get chopped down? Do they get chopped because because what if they what if they're a fire hazard or some shit? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you know, maybe. there's got to be. You got to think there's some level of forestry that's on it, but you never know. So yeah. you, you can never over uh, you can never overestimate the competence of our California forestry people. <laughs> uh, but and there's that 
you know, I've, I feel like I've driven underneath this tunnel. Um, and that's the thing, like Pasadena is in this, is in this twilight zone between being a city and a suburb. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's a city by any American standard. It's got a downtown, it's got a beautiful library, it's got, you know, it's got, every, it's got everything. But then it also feels like a suburb of L.A. Well, I mean, all of L.A. kind of feels like a suburb yeah. anyway. But Pasadena is the original suburb. It's the right. first suburb. Yeah. Like, it is literally the first, you know, the 110, first highway in America. Yeah. That was the first highway. Like, period. Right. It's the only one. Uh, it was the 10 then. I think now it's the 110. Or it was the, yeah, I think it was just, just the 10 originally. And, um, well, no, that doesn't make sense. Well, no, because the 10 just connects the 10, right, is, east is, to is west. Horizontal. It goes all the way to Florida. I do think maybe it used I to think. be the 10, though. I think it maybe it started maybe as the it, Yeah, maybe it just was an outgrowth that they right. chopped up Well, before or the interstates, you know? Right. But so it was the first highway. So it the was from highway. downtown. It was White Flight. The original White Flight was Pasadena. Getting out of downtown, and that's what happened to downtown L.A. And so Pasadena seems like a suburb, but it is, it is literally the definition of the suburbs. The very yeah. first one uh, <clears throat> that had a highway attached to it. I mean, of course, like, I'm sure people were taking the train to fucking wherever Westchester in New York before yeah. well there was the there were the yeah the cars the electric cars which basically became impractical and people didn't want to pay for them anymore I mean, it's really beautiful. It's like, yeah. uh, it's like I'm not just saying, throwing that word. It's like, they're so, it's a very specific, and you can see it just from driving over the, you know, just from driving around over the 210, you, you, get, a set, you get a taste of it every time if you're driving yeah, back from you know, Vegas or whatever, from the east. I love that 210 and the 134. That's really good. That yeah, little bridge over there. That's another. Place. Yeah, that. Yeah, what what yeah. bridge is that? We found another that's little bridge. A, I forget the name of that, but that's that might even just be like a pedestrian. No, no, I think they, there are cars, but that's like a little bridge. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. And there's something about the weather also in Pasadena. They call it. They describe. It's described as Mediterranean weather. It's not as it is it gets murderously hot of course in the summer but it doesn't get as like desperately hot yeah. as it does in the san fernando oh well no it's a totally different type of people yeah here it's like a little i mean we're pretty high up here you know we're like a thousand feet uh, right so like we're it's not uh it's definitely not as bad it's right. it, it's a totally different type of heat than like super oppressive valley yeah you know like just blazing hot heat so we segued away, but to oh, come sorry. back to your, to, no, we weave in and out yeah, from place to person. <laughs> so anyway, Will, Will is basically, you know, I, I have experience as a actual advertising branding person Yeah. in mainstream. And so I saw how that world worked and I thought, well, you got to assume about half the demand in the United States is right wing, right? Or right leaning. 
Right. So <clears throat> you have 99 out of 100 agencies going hardcore left. Surely <laughs> there's a gap there, right? I mean, surely there's a gap between um, the demand that those agencies are serving and the larger demand of the country. And also, when you're inside that world, you see just the absurd amounts of money that are spent on, on marketing. Yeah. And partly because they have all this all this fucking extra money yes, to spend. exactly. They and they just, just have to they have a marketing they department that have to spend it. They just throw it around, it. Yeah. exactly. They just, it's just free money. It's you just know, free money. Flying around. And the marketing department has to convince them to spend it, otherwise they're not gonna get their, you know, they're not gonna stay, stay employed. Exactly. And there's, there, from what I understand, there's very little evidence that any of that money actually Does works. anything. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> that makes it gets them. No, exactly. So, well, and a lot of it is just table stakes type things. You know, it's like, uh, this is what I tell most clients. It's like, well, you don't really have a choice. It's like, either you can buy woke people who hate you, or you cannot. You know, it's yeah. like, are you going to spend your money uh, on an agency that has is promoting wokeness and communism effectively, or are you gonna spend your money on somebody who isn't doing that? And uh, I think the money has to be spent anyway, right? Like you need a website, you need your digital ads, you need your brand, You, ha you those are things you have to have. Yeah. You're not gonna do them yourself. So if you're gonna pay an agency for it, why would you give your money to uh, organizations that are actively trying to destroy you. I mean, at least if you're a, a white guy, you know, if you're a straight white guy. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... That's your pitch to the... Well, I mean, that, <clears throat> that was sort of the pitch as it started. That, that's yeah. more of the pitch to myself. Right. I mean, the pitch to the brands themselves is like, be yourself. You know, that's what I think excites them the most. Like, uh, right now we have a beard brand. A beard brand? Or a beard, you know, trimming. A beard, like, maintenance. So oh, there's right. actually a lot of product. Um, and, you know, before the us, they paid an astronomical amount of money to a branding agency that told them, you can't be negative, you can't be based, you can't be super manly. You know, you, they gave him the shittiest brand you've ever seen, the most generic fucking brand. This guy had an idea that was, like, slightly negative, right? Right. In which way? In, like, like, like trying to, like, hey, hey fucking... Get it together. Get it together, you, know, you I, I fucking can't slob. Say, yeah, like, yeah. I can't say it exactly right. because I don't want to reveal, but, oh, like, okay. uh, but, but yes, more or less what you're saying. Right. And historically, there are pr plenty of brands like that. You know, there are... Look... I don't always drink beer, but when I do, right. I drink Dos Equis. That's negative. It's, it's saying something negative about beer before you've even gotten yeah. anywhere, which is, that's great branding. That's, that's very good. Whereas the Longhouse today, everything has to be saccharine, positive. Right. You know, you can never go dark in any way. Right. And I think what's really refreshing for my clients is I come along and say, no, like, 
your brand should emanate directly from like the soul of the founder, like the true vision of the founder. Like all these other agencies come around and they say, no, you have to be, you know, positive and you have to focus on the brand value proposition. You can't say this and you can't say that. Whereas to me, the whole point of branding is to differentiate. So you should be as fucking negative or manly or like fucking crazy as you want to be. Like that to me is what good branding is about. And, and I think that that's why like in this phase of will has been successful is because that's basically what I say to people who run companies. And I think they like hearing that because they're sick of somebody whining at them and telling them no you have to you, know, you have to fit in you know right. you, you can't say anything inappropriate well the thing about the the, the, thing, the thing about that whole thing is that it, it as, as you say it, it it turns every single company into the same company yes exactly it makes them all generic bland right. uh, you know like in favor of diversity companies exactly. uh, wait what do you sell again I forget right. you know burgers you, wait do you sell frizzy hair <laughs> cutoffs I don't yeah. Do you sell interracial couples that you never see in real life? Because I, I, I'll buy one, but where yeah. do I order it? And right. exactly. I have a pitch. Exactly. Okay, so one of your, one of your companies is Hestia Cigarettes, which is which sponsored my live event with some, you know, free cigarettes. Uh, everyone loves Hestia Cigarettes. Here's one. Here's a here's a slogan. Because do you really want to die of Alzheimer's? Yeah, exactly. There you That's go. That's negative. Right. No, but that would be yeah. negative. But it's hilarious. Like there. Advertising used to do that. It used to go there. You know, it used to like uh, talk about death. It used to, you know, um, really be dark and humorous. And and um, that's totally lost. You yeah. Know? I mean, you can't go negative in in any way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, obviously. I mean, and there's always like. There's this, what I, what always drives me crazy is that for the last 15 years, 10 years, whatever, 5, 10, 10 years, we've been dealing with this, this uh, complete homogenous, homogenous uh, culture, culture, uh, culture wash. And there's always, the, the assumption, specifically dirtbag leftists make this to, to justify their ideology or their laziness of correcting their foolish ideology, which is that, oh, this is like, this is like, capitalism yeah this right, is like right, yeah right, this right. is the pro this is for profit this yeah. is like all for profit they're creating one well, demographic it's, it's like yeah there's nothing profitable no, about no. this bullshit yeah nobody's not. nobody's ru- this isn't yeah. getting this isn't doing anything for the sp- bottom line for the bottom exactly. line exactly. to spur economic activity to make yeah. anybody excited about anything to spend their money on like it's not it's complete horseshit yeah um, I'm, I'm really glad you can see that because many many smart people yeah on both sides like they kind of like wrap themselves in this warm blanket of capitalism and think oh well you know this is yeah it's just for those bastards it's just for profit it's, it's like no yeah. it's way more evil like what they're doing it's way darker this is than the profit. oldest trick in yeah. the book where they try to convince you yeah. this is like satan's the you know satan's lies they try to they try to convince you that no actually this is what you want, don't yeah. you? Aren't you for you know? If you're a capitalist, like either they you know they try yeah. to either shame you out of being what is the common sense thing to 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 be, which is a you know generally speaking a free market 
uh, individualist if you're American and you have any sense. And they try to like convince you that it's like let that's what's led to this world, yeah. and or that's a good it's a good thing because you know it's either it's a good thing for, for that reason or that's what explains why it's evil. It's because it's capitalist. Yeah. And it's like no, there's a there's an entire because you see I know how I, it, it requires a little bit of familiarity with human nature and with the people who are actually involved. Yeah. There's an entire generation of people working in these jobs whose brains are are um, configured so such as to be the kind of bland generic uh, woke tard that we see before us today it's like their brains are not capable of the other thing they're only capable of one thing so they're only going to do one thing yeah 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 it's just it's obvious if you just know who you're dealing with like you're not going to you're not going to sit down with one of these exec with one of these no thank you um, we're not, you're not going to sit down. Is this a Chinese hero? This statue? Because he looks Chinese to me. Yeah, or I some... have no idea like who this, what this hero part is, but yes, he does look Chinese. Oh, definitely, definitely Pasadena remembers our warriors who gave their lives and honors those who have served in Iraq, Afghanistan, and the wars on terror. Wow, okay. So here you it's like go. A modern, it's like a modern war memorial. Maybe he's not Chinese after all. Just, wow, yeah, 9-11. Since yeah. 9-11. A 9-11 statue. Cool. Uh, yeah, I remember, uh, I was, you know, there was wow. a, I was at the UCLA games following 9-11, and there was, there was a, they spread a flag across the entire Rose Bowl field. Yeah. It was pretty. And then, they, and then the fighter jets, the military jets, as they do about once a year, flew over the stadium really low, really loud, it really revs you up. Everyone was chanting USA. Good, it was great. like, yeah. got some like lost power. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. It's there. Um, yeah, it's a, an entire generation of these professionals has been raised and hired. Yeah. People like me are completely uh, alienated from these you know, worlds. I would never. They would never reach out. They would never say, "Hey, well, why, why don't you come in and provide your uh, uh, input on on uh, you know?" They, they just they they basically are hiring their dipshit daughters from college, yeah, installing exactly. them in these positions, and they do what they're capable of. Their minds Which are capable is just of doing. replicate, replicate. They yeah. can only replicate things from the past. They can't have new ideas because new ideas are scary. You know, new ideas are scary and foreign and and weird. And you know, advertising is a lot like uh, perfume, in that every good ad comes from a place of like darkness. Right. You, know, you know what Just Do It is? The Nike one. Yeah, Just Do It. You know where just, that comes from? No. That's that. The, the, as the story goes, the Wyden Kennedy team was like going to the meeting. They had Nike as a client. They were already killing it, but uh, they they had nothing going into the meeting. They looked at the newspaper that morning, and Gary Gilmore, the killer, that uh, you know. What's his name? Wrote the the naked and the dead. Not is it the naked and the dead? Naked and the dead is Mailer. No, that's no. So Mailer wrote another book about this. Oh, guy, the Gary executioner's Gilmore. song. The executioner's song yeah. about Gary Gilmore. Gary Gilmore's last words were "Just do it." Just do. Oh, yeah. interesting. <laughs> and so they brought that into the meeting, and of course it's fucking beautiful. And everything's like that, you know. The lemon going back to all the great advertising and all the great culture of America uh, is good because it's like. You know, it's not just saccharine propaganda. Like, it, it kind of has a truth in it or, like, a little bit of inspiration that actually rings true. Now, let's talk. So, of the of the clients you can talk about, yeah. you've got Hesse Cigarettes. 
You've got some corn chips. Thing. Masa is it? Yeah. Masa what's the nice. what's the uh, right wing content of substance of these chips? Because they've been everywhere too. Beef. The beef. Oh, they're <laughs> beef chips. <laughs> they're, they're oh, beef they're beef tallow instead they're of seed tallow. oils. Yeah. Oh, nice. And they're the only option. So right. I mean, imagine. Look, it, even forget any right wingishness at all. And they're not overly right wing at well, all. Well, it's chips. Right. It's fucking chips. It's fucking chips. You go to the fucking store. You have. 20 million vagina fucking seed oil, Sieta, like abuelita fucking chips. Right, right. That are made out of shit, but they look good and they look like, oh, authentically Aztec or some shit. You know, that's the branding. And they have all this lip service to sustainability. And then shouldn't you have, if we lived in a truly capitalist society, wouldn't there be a beef tallow chip option there? You would think. You would think. You would think. So that's what they're doing. And as it turns out, you know, beef tallow is much more healthy than all these disgusting seed oils anyway. And yeah. I would love, I mean, you know, I'm keto, so I, I've always been, you know, they've, they've started to come up with like cheese chips and stuff now, which is good, yeah. which are good, but I'm always looking for more like things that can actually, yeah. using the basics, beef, whatever, the meat stuff and cheese stuff, replace the soy ass yeah. snack, the soy, the soy snack, uh, 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 you know, monolith that, right. that, that dominates our, our grocery store. I think seed oils is the best metaphor, besides maybe the bridge, for, for uh, global homo, right? Global homogeneity, right? right. Not, global, not global homosexuality. Yeah, and, which is based. And, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> so, so uh, <laughs> seed oils are the perfect fucking thing. It's like, it's like uh, this disgusting, shitty, low-quality thing that is totally monolithic, that huge companies put into every single product, and they say it's because of sustainability, right. but really it's because of they make more money when they yeah, feed yeah. you fucking engine oil. Well, you know? the whole basis of, and this is where like, you know, you can blame, you can blame capitalism or you can blame, uh, you can just blame liberal propaganda for providing cover for the worst kinds of products. Like the whole, uh, the, the, the cover for the corn syrup and the, and the starch and the seed oils and all the shit that comes from corn are these studies that basically demonize meat. Yeah. Uh, that's where it all started. And the whole fucking food pyramid, which is one of the most evil things that's ever been per- yeah, right. per- perpetrated on America, <laughs> that has com- completely poisoned the boomer mind to this day, yeah. which they still think it's real, the food pyramid. And they still think that meat and fat are bad and that basically, you know, carbs are good and sugar, you know, but yeah. what's effectively sugar is good. Yeah. Uh, all that comes from those Kellogg studies that yeah. are totally fake. Yeah. Uh, and so, but, but, also high, strongly promoted by vegans and the, and the environmental movement because it demonized meat. So like, there's a there is a unholy alliance with 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 like good person uh, marketing and which is which is appeals entirely to liberal ideology uh, and bad capitalism. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But good capitalism would give you the option. You said, all right, if you want to, if you want the soy shit, if you want to eat a cafe gratitude, if you want to eat a bunch of crumpled crumpled soy products here you are yeah. but don't tell me this is the fucking health food option yeah yeah you stupid it's bitch opposite. it's right. the opposite and it's also not the taste food option it doesn't yeah. taste good and it's bad for you it's horrible so it's on every front it sucks yeah, yeah, yeah. um besides i mean them in, making money besides, besides them making yeah, money right. yeah it's i mean some obviously some of the snacks taste good that are complete 
you know, crack cocaine snacks, yeah. obviously, but yeah. I'm talking about like generally it's it's in health food, all yeah. over health food. Definitely. So Supposedly fuck that shit. Food. Dude, yeah. well, I mean, what you're talking about is propaganda. And so this is uh, propaganda, going back to Bernays, this is what Edward Bernays was a master at. He was a master at doing exactly, of making the food pyramid, right? Yeah. Kellogg's food pyramid. Kellogg's food pyramid. It's, it's, a, it's a, a, a true great piece of propaganda is several different special interests coming together to create like a moment in culture, right? Yeah. That's what real propaganda is. People think propaganda is like a Soviet poster. Like no, propaganda or just like an ad. Propaganda is like an initiative of different things that come together to create a mutually beneficial agreement. Right. Another food one, do you know calamari? Yeah, no, I don't know about the story. Yeah. What's, so is calamari, it calamari is a psyop? Yeah, it's a total psyop. <gasps> so calamari oh, is, no. is uh, you know, in the 70s, Americans ate like zero squid. You know, right, like basically like, like a couple people in like Providence, Rhode Island ate squid, that was it. And so it's this really cheap food the Chinese are, became masters at, at fishing it. Yeah. Uh, nobody in America is eating it. And so a uh, guy wrote a thesis paper about how Americans would eat squid if it was deep fried and served with sauce. Right. If it's just, and, yeah, French fries by other means. Yeah, right. And, they, he suge- and he said, okay, let, let's try this. And they suggested, let's just call it by the Italian name, calamari, yeah. to, to like make it seem like it's fucking gourmet and serve it in every single restaurant. Completely worked. And to this day, Brilliant. it is literally a marketing product. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's just a cheap, like the cheapest fish that Americans didn't like. Yeah. Now is like you know hundred oh. millions of, of. If you hear the, the word squid, it right. makes you kind of. It you makes know, you grow. Ew, it grows out. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I and I love calamari when it's good, but I also knew I you know I suspected something was up with calamari because it's the one dish that every fuck that it's the one dish that even the most tourist trappy restaurant can actually serve well. Yeah, yeah You know, yeah, if yeah, they yeah. if they're somewhat careful, they can like actually serve a decent calamari, yeah. and it makes you comfortable with that place <laughs> like my friend like we'll we will we i gorge on calamari yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. now it's healthier well, you're also uh, keto i'm but, keto but, but wait but can you eat breaded calamari? i mean i it, the breaded is a no-no but yeah. it's it's it tends to be tends to not amount to that much so yeah, i'm I t- okay. you know yeah, if you're going to choose between that and like fr- fries the potato is horrible is it's like way worse yeah. Yeah, yeah so the column the squid there's no problem with the squid yeah, it's just protein right? it's yeah it's just, just like protein, protein yeah. so it's like a cheap you know it's a very cheap cheat basically yeah, so right. that's why i end up we end up ordering it all the time plus it's tasty because of the deep fried element but yeah. i suspected something was up because yeah. also anytime there's a fancy name you know something's up because you know something like with right. aioli which is just mayonnaise which is mayonnaise they literally yeah, just changed yeah, the name yeah. of mayonnaise and now girls who hate mayonnaise they're like aioli they're like, oh yeah, no it's yeah. different and yeah. it's like no you're just a girl what's there's the, the difference. like middle eastern thing they put in it uh, that everybody has now. Uh, oh. Whatchamacallit, aioli. It's well, in fucking garlic. everything now. Uh, There's some... I forget what it's called. But yeah. uh, anyway. Harissa. 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 Yeah, yeah. It's a very... A harissa. <laughs> that's so funny because it's a spice that... It, harissa is a spice that's like... You know, it's a pretty like aggressive spice. And yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it is strange that that... It, it, it's because, again... It sounds like the like an avant-garde name that you can name your daughter. Right. Yeah. And it's Harissa. Like it gives some sort of there's like, a, an exotic. Yeah. 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 It's just it's all just it's just all just music and sounds and yeah. and witchcraft. It's it's, it's all it is, all any of this shit is. It's really funny. 
And meanwhile, you've got stuff that's really good, but doesn't has an ugly sounding name that people don't even have nothing to nothing to do with. What's you know? something like that? I'm well, to... so or like boring. I mean, I, I would say that. So I think Mutabel, which is Baba Ganoush, oh, which yeah. I think people say, but I, I think even Baba Ganoush is a lot for some people to handle. Yeah. It's the eggplant pasty yeah. meze, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Meze, of course, is the, the name, uh, I think the Greek word for appetizer. Right. We all use it. Armenians use it. All the, everyone uses it. Uh, Turks use it, um, that word. And, and so there's that. And, and that's never had the, that's never taken to the degree that, say, Hummus is taken. It's true. Baba right. ganoush. It's not. A girl doesn't feel comfortable saying. This, baba no, baba ganoush. It's, it's just, ugly. It's, it's an ugly. ugly. Yeah, yeah. I, no, it sounds like wants a, their girl. I'll have the baba ganoush. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like exactly. Yeah, it sounds like, like something you get made fun yeah, of yeah. for bringing to school. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. And you know, even hummus, like which is pronounced properly hummus. pronounced as hummus, hummus, like hummus. Yeah. yeah. Even that's kind of like. It's so good, but it wasn't really popular until pretty recently. Yeah. And it's not even that popular now in America. It's not like you would think it'd be more popular. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not quite, it hasn't reached a point where like every restaurant has it as an well, option. And that's because, you know why? Because hummus is very interesting. It's never good preserved. It's, yeah, true. You have to have the fresh, you have to, have it fresh. to really get it. Like in the grocery store, you cannot get a good hummus. It's impossible. No, it's pretty bad. They're all bad. It's They're, like one of those uh, things yeah. that any preservatives just destroy it, like immediately. Yeah, yeah. It's like, which, which, by the way, is the same with ranch dressing. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't, like, the restaurant ranch dressing is it a, is is one of my favorite things in the world. Way better. But yeah. the bottle is shit. It's it tastes, shit. it it's just always, tastes like. It destroys it. Right? Yeah, yeah. It tastes yeah. like, uh, you know, I don't know, shampoo. It's terrible. Yeah. But it's interesting to see. I'm sure we can identify all kinds of fucking things that are purely black magic based. So now, masa chips, beef tallow. What other clients do you have that are you're open about? Well, I have Urbit, who's been my client for a long time. And I, it is funny that, like, all of these clients are, they're all dissident brands, right? They're okay. genuinely dissident brands, which means that they're David's going up against Goliaths. Right. You know, they're uh, little guys who are, they're not trying to join the mainstream. They're doing something, like, genuinely different in their products. Right. right, they're 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 announcing their opposition to the mainstream. Yeah. Oh, we have we have another one that's uh, does water softening, right? So we have a few of these industrial brands. Right. So because industrial brands, it's easy to like get those clients, and so every other water softener in the world, pretty much. You have you heard of water softening? No. What the fuck is water? What is water softening? What's how do you make so, water softer? I never knew anything about this until okay. I, I got into this. <laughs> but what water softening is like something that people do in their houses. Because actually, your water that goes in your house is full of, like, all kinds of metals and shit. Like calcium, yeah. ma magnesium, all kinds of stuff that comes from the pipes that gets it into your city thing. Not to mention chloramide, all the other shit they put in it in our city water, right? Yeah. So people get these water softeners put in their house that take out a lot of these bad materials. And like, for example, you ever do this, you've ever heard people go to Europe and I was just in Europe, you notice immediately your air feels immediately different. Yeah, I, I get that. All, I get that even here. Anytime, like, I feel like anytime I take a shower anywhere but my home, like, you know, any hotel, my hair feels better. Yeah, it's <laughs> probably because you have super hard water. Right. Okay. So that in Europe, like, I don't know what it is. The water is just way softer. And so like, because I think they it goes through stone instead of pipes. Who knows? But uh people want that in their homes here so they use these water softeners every other water softener in the world or most of them are salt based softeners mm -hmm. so the salt industry 
has done all the studies and all the engineering because when you have a salt softener, you're using like 10 bags of salt, 10 pounds of salt a week or something. It's a huge amount of salt that yeah. you're using. It's very, very expensive. So the salt industry, big salt, fucking loves water softening, uh -huh. right? So they have every interest to like spread all this propaganda about how bad hard water is. Right. So they're working with the softening companies, working with the media, working with the agencies that do the testing of water to determine the hardness. All of these people are working together on a propaganda initiative about hard water and how right. bad hard water is, right? right. But it, as it turns out, salt softeners completely fuck your shit up in all kinds of ways. Uh, like they kill your fish, they kill your plants, they pollute the fucking earth. So enter beef tallow. Yeah, softeners. yeah, enter beef softeners. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a salt-free softener that uses a different type of thing to soften the water. But here's the, again, this is like very classic. Since this propaganda thing happened. The way that they test for water is salt. Like they, they, the only uh, softener that can pass a hard water test is a salt softener, because okay. they've set it up that ah, way. They've right, like set yeah. it up so it's that like the, the salt test, component is exactly. what they're measuring. They're, right, right. they're measuring the sodium the instead sodium. of the something else, right? Right, right. So uh, that's the big struggle: is convincing people, no, your water can still be soft, just because it doesn't pass the fucking salt test, which is, you know. Right. set up by these companies so, so there you go yeah that, that, that's another example i mean we have a bunch of these we i've worked for all kinds of we've had a bunch of clients now you know it's really uh it's interesting you know hey, it's an interesting world for the thousandth time yeah. could you try to give should you try to convey the importance of urban because urban? i i be what urban is because i've heard it on red scare yeah. i've People tried to tell me at the party up in Berkeley because yeah. there was a lot of urban people there. And I know you all went, had a big old weekend bash, week-long bash week in Lisbon. Bash, yeah. Yeah. In Lisbon, the, la the uh, you know, the Payless of Spain. Definitely the Payless of Spain. That's the great description. Payless yeah. Spain. Low-budget Spain. Low-budget. <laughs> low budget, Which uh, is already low-budget like yeah. Europe. Right, right. It's the low-budget of the low-budget of Europe. Although it's not cheaper than Spain, is it? I, it's, I, oh, yeah, it oh, is. Oh, it is. Okay. It's Spain, I always have Spain logged in as cheap, but that might be... Yeah. That no, may the be one dated. thing, that it, is not, it is very cheap. Well, not very cheap, but it's right. like nicely cheap. Right, right. You like notice it. Okay, so Urbit. What is Urbit? Urbit. Uh, okay. It's, just a, it's an alternate internet. So you know how we're talking about these products that are... Like, okay. The products of the past that were saving the world, right? The cool products. Ben and Jerry's, Coke. You know, we save the world by buying a Coke, right? Bring the world together by buying a Coke. I want to buy the world a Coke, right? Mad Men, the right. Mad Men. Ben and Jerry's, buy this fucking shitty ice cream. But look, if you buy it, you're going to be giving money to the poor African children in some way, right? It's right. like by buying the product, you are helping the world. That was the old way, right? Yeah. And it was left-coded. The right-coded version that we do, the right-wing version of this, and the modern version of this is the reverse. It's change the world by what's in the product right so like all my clients they're not giving a fucking dime they don't give a fuck about charity they don't care about saving the world they care about changing what's in the product itself right mm -hmm. and that's how they believe in changing the world taking seed oils out of your chip putting healthier beef tallow in it that's a better way to change the world 
than by giving your fucking shit to UNICEF or whatever. You know right, what I mean? Right. Urbit is the internet version of that. Okay. So Urbit is the internet, mm-hmm. but it is recoded from the ground up. That's what Curtis Yarvin did. Curtis Yarvin wrote a new internet, basically. Oh, really? Yeah. So every program on Urbit is a different code. Okay. All the code is new. Meaning that, and how does this protect, How what, what is the value of this code that, you know, because one doesn't suspect that the code is the problem with the traditional internet, one suspects that surveillance is the problem. Well, so the reason why a lot of engineers have such a boner for Urban is they say it's the most beautiful code they've ever seen. Right. Because it's built for the internet. The internet right now is like a, like a fucking like Roman street that has like, you know, it's like the old, like the early then, road and then the next yeah, road. Yeah, it's, it's all paved, all paved like on top, paved of, on yeah, top yeah. of each other. Yeah, yeah. That's what the existing internet is. This is like a road that is like built all from the ground up, you know, to be the perfect road, you know, ever. For from, now. From scratch, yes, right. for now, for now, exactly. So it's like, uh, you know, there's a great diagrams of the internet where it's like the entire internet relies on some like Swedish plugin that was made by some Swedish university in like 1996 that like three unpaid guys have to like press the button, you know, like in Lost? Yeah, yeah, You know yeah. how he has to press the yeah. button? Right, right. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah, every 30 so. hours they have to like press the button or the entire internet like vanishes yeah. from the face. Yeah. That's the existing internet. It's like so many patchworks. So this is a internet built from the bare metal all the way up to the top. That's fundamentally what it is. It's the new internet or a new internet. The decentralized element is that when you're on this internet, you are in a ship, you're in your own server. So, you know, like on a blockchain, right? Everything in a blockchain is recorded. You know what I mean? I know what what you mean that you mean. I don't know the how is the case, but I know that the point of blockchain is that it leaves a paper, it leaves a trail. paper trail. Right. It's endlessly auditable. Nobody can fake it. You can't delete, you can't be deleted. You can't be deleted or counterfeit. Exactly. Nothing Apparently. can be deleted ever. It, okay. It's all there forever. So it's immutable. Urban is also like that. So you're when you're in your ship, say right now, I go online, I go to Facebook, I call, you know, I say a bad word, I say a racist thing. Every, my whole existence on Facebook is gone. It's yeah. deleted. It's right. fucking, it's like it never existed. You know, yeah. I, like I wake up one day, my Twitter account is just fucking nuked. Yeah. Right? On Urbit, your Urbit ship is like a blockchain in the sense that every keystroke you've ever made is yours. You own it, and it can never be, it can never be deleted. It can never be. Uh, it literally can't be. It, like it's literally impossible you'd for have someone to, to hack it. in and do. Oh, you'd okay. have to lose your your, your thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, underrated, underratedly common problem. Yeah. Because I don't yeah. know where I keep anything. Dude, you hear that all the time. People like the Coinbase, their, yeah, their coin their twelve, yeah. their list of fifty words yeah. that they have to memorize forever. Yeah. That's a bit of a problem too that needs to be solved. How the fuck are we not going to lose all this well, shit? Well, one know idea, I mean. one idea, Urban had was to deliver like an a thousand pound metal like fucking rock to your house with you with it like 
inscribed right. in it that uh, you just right. like keep in your room. Yeah, yeah, that might be. Yeah. Might, we have to come up with some idea of like chaining ourselves to a ball and chain with our fucking passwords on it. Because right. at this point, I can't remember fucking shit. Yeah, I agree with you. It's I a hate pro- fucking password. I hate. I, I, I just. I don't even log into. I, I just give up now on like yeah. logging You're into like, my bank you. stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I literally. I got yeah. fucked by BlockFi because I for two months. I, I wanted to take all my money, my crypto out of BlockFi, and I just was lazy because of the, you know, the process, process, then they go bust, and now, like, all it's my, gone. it's gone, now because oh, they shit. went bankrupt. Oh, so now it's like, I've got, it's like, all of it is, is gone. <laughs> I'm just like, great. Thank you so much, modern, lo- thank you, internet, thank you all, you fucking crypto bros. Yeah, yeah, Fuck yeah. you all. But yeah, okay, so it's a, it's an alternate, alternate internet. Yeah. Are there hopes for it to be, like, ever kind of quote-unquote mainstream or is the is the goal just oh, yeah. for like oh it is there are they would love for this to replace so web 2 right this is it's all these fucking nerds right i am not one of these nerds so i don't really well, you don't seem like get what, what yeah. they're saying but the thing they always say is web 1 was genuinely peer-to-peer it was like usenet they all talk about mm-hmm. usenet so usenet i guess was this thing that was basically just like a straight peer-to-peer messaging platform there was no centralized authority it was just like, here's the software, people message each other, nobody's in control, that's it. It's, yeah. the, that, it's the end. Then, uh, you know, the masses were too stupid to do that, use that. So then Web 2 came, and Web 2 is like Google email, Facebook, um, you know, uh, Yahoo, like messaging platforms that... Centralized. They centralize. It's yeah. a company, right? It's a, com- it's a yeah. private company that's giving you right. your identity your plat- yeah. and everything. That's web two. Web three is the decentralized web. So that's ideally removing all those uh, middlemen and just making it so it's the code again. And it's just the system is so good. Like Bitcoin's a perfect example, right? Satoshi, nobody knows who he is. There's no, it's just the code, that's it. There's no company, there's no authority, there's no way to, mm-hmm. you know, nobody is in control of Bitcoin. Right, it's not, so even though the, even though it has its hazards, they're not that there's a evil company in exactly. Silicon Valley that's gonna just decide willy-nilly one day yeah. to, lo- you know, take you out of all of your shit. Exactly. I see. Or like fucking PayPal, pure right. evil fucking right. PayPal. Oh yeah, like, which like literally robs people. Yeah, and says, oh, you said something racist, you can't have your money, you yeah. know, which is the, the most terrifying fucking thing in the world. I, uh, to me, it sounds like, you know, not to trivialize the intricate genius involved in these things, but it sounds to me like ultimately what this urban stuff is all about is revalorizing the American nerd, bringing nerds back, and, 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 and giving them a, a second option from the current one of just becoming like trans, like trans, <laughs> you know, maniacs online. Because that's what happens. Trans happened to or them. urban. It's trans either, or yeah, that's is your two, your two paths. You can, <laughs> it's it. like I like how it's like it's all just like I hear nerd, 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 nerd with most of these terms, and I'm like, good. Give give people something, you know. Yeah. Those guys up in Berkeley, they're gonna have something now where they don't have to turn. Where trans. they don't have to be trans, right? And maybe yeah. they can get laid in some other way. Yeah, because they could uh, talk yeah. to girls. You know, they could be like, yeah. And that's what you know. You hope that for Urban. You hope that Urban is the, the land where these nerds can finally get some pussy and stop some Portuguese. To chop their dick off. I was pussy. thinking today. Yeah. Some, well, there wasn't a lot of Portuguese pussy. Oh, there was. Uh, there was zero Portuguese pussy. Oh God, really? There was the, zero. None of none. Pat, none made it through the firewall. None. Well, okay. so there was like you know there was like the girls who worked at the venue. Uh-huh. And they were all smoking hot. 
and they're all like 25. And they weren't. And there was just no no connect no, no connection. overlap. Nobody asking for their number because this is again delicious tacos struck out. Tacos in real. Have you had him on? No, I haven't. You, uh, once I haven't. you have him on, you'll. Uh, he's not. He's not. Uh, tacos isn't picking up any. Oh. Okay. Picking up any. Uh, is, is this Portuguese? Because, okay. Port, okay. Event planners. Oh, okay. <laughs> too uh, <laughs> too first world for his tastes. Tacos is just a fucking autist. You know, okay. he's not. He's not. Uh, he's not that type of guy. You know, he's not gonna like. He's an urban man. Yeah, he's he's a fucking you know yeah he's. And man of the internet. A man yeah. of the what? Of the internet. Of the you know, internet. The, yes. All these people are people of the internet, which I am not. I'm not an internet person. But you know, you don't stri- you don't yeah. give the internet vibes, except like maybe you know, 1997. Yeah. You're into yeah. you know, the the the. But your so your background is you were you've been a writer for LA Weekly for many years. Well, I wasn't. I was a writer for LA Weekly for like three years. Three years. Three and so. a half. I think like three and a half years. Yeah. And now you have a subset called Disgraced Propagandist. Well, the Twitter's called Disgraced Propagandist. My subset is called The Carousel. The, ca- the Carousel. The Carousel. Yeah, and that's after the Don Drape. I, did you watch Mad Men? I watched the first two seasons. Okay, only. so remember like the speech at the end of season one was, it's not a wheel, it's a carousel. Oh, no, okay. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I, so I missed that. So then that connects yeah. to your uh, advertising thing. Yeah. But, okay. So, but you were a, you know... Alt Weekly, you know, yeah. le- very lefty, very left uh, publication. Oh, yeah. Even in its, like, it never had a moment when it wasn't. No, definitely. You know, it's not like Washington City Paper, which used to be libertarian. Although, when I was there, we had an editor named Sarah Fenske, who was definitely secretly based. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. But that was, was always possible based. back yeah. in the day. You could yeah. find... You could feel it. You like, could feel yeah, that, yeah. you could feel that she... And, like, she had, like, a super bro like southern boyfriend and they moved back to st louis she was like definitely like a secret republican good for her yeah yeah. so she she was great you worked at the same time that's always fortunate yeah um and so what was your longhouse like everything 2014 longhouse sorry sorry yeah yeah no no yeah longhouse by what happened in 2014 well sarah left yeah and in comes i think she was armenian no, 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 no. She was Persian. Okay. And uh, thank God. Oh. Uh, and she was, of course, super woke and super horrible and like just terrible fucking human. She became the editor in chief. Completely fucking destroyed it. Okay. Within okay. six months, okay. it was dead. And then you were gone. And... Oh, I was, I was, uh, I was like shortly, uh, shortly pushed out. But were Once you consciously based at this time, or was it? Oh a no. Way? No, you're because yeah, I didn't. I didn't f- feel like you. Yeah, bought. I was consciously like uh, irreverent, right? Yeah. But I was certainly not consciously right wing. Mm-hmm. I didn't become consciously right wing. You know, I had a short communist phase, and then I, uh, I, I, it must have been definitely Trump. I was Trump one. Thing. You were Trump one from 2015. Yeah, yeah. So okay. that was the first Republican I ever like voted for. Was Trump for sure. Yeah, um, the, a very under, a very underexplored subject is the number of people for whom Trump was the first Republican vote. I, I was know. that was definitely. Me. Yeah. I would have never voted for a Republican. Yeah, you would have. You wouldn't. Yeah, right. Yeah. This is a completely ignored segment of society. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because they just assume that everyone's like, everyone's Trump is like super Republican, and that's yeah. not the case. It's not yeah. super Republicans or some of them were never Trump. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's like yeah. what, you, what you get. Oh, no, the Republicans in my family are all never Trump. You know, yeah. the, the, on my Christians, or on the wasp side. Um, 
Yeah, the the old money Republicans are the they most hate, likely to hate Trump. Yeah, that, no, they're like the biggest never Trump. People, yeah, like ever. And it's like, you know, and I know where they're coming from because I, uh, you know, I I have the background of an old money Republican in the sense that I was a Republican longer than anyone alive really? my age. Really? Well, I was Republican since. 2000 when I was like 15. Oh really? Yeah. How so was that? I that was like I had, it was like my high school intellectual awakening. It was like rebel. It was my uh, rebellion against all the uh, liptard propaganda of my youth yeah. and of my public schooling. And I was galvanized by a combination of reading like Thomas Sowell and P.J. O'Rourke and years of talk radio since I was five years old and seeing how in my own personal life. Title IX, I was big into sports, how how the like, AYSO, Title IX, sports egalitarianism, which was so transparently bullshit. Yeah. I had a business when I was 12 to 15 dealing sports cards. Didn't like paying taxes on yeah, the yeah. few dollars I made from that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Didn't like that at all. Seeing the kind of, my first thing I ever wrote was about affirmative action. Oh, yeah. So I was, I, I was very, I, you know, the more I think about it, the more I find new earlier uh, topics that red pilled me before yes. I even knew what before politics was. Really knew, yeah, before yeah. I really knew. But when when they were trying to argue that girls are equally interested in sports and therefore must be equally protected, I mean, equally given equal opportunity, forced into equal outcomes of, in terms of like scholarships and sports, that was that was just like plain old blah 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 <laughs> nonsense bullshit. That was obviously fake. Yeah. So you know, you see these things. Environmentalism was another one. You see these things kind of compile, you read alternate views. I read Ayn Rand in 10th grade. Yes. You put all these pieces together and you're like, you feel like you've just discovered, uh, you totally. know, a new, a new kind of engine to the world. So I, I was like that from the beginning. So I get where, I always understood where the never Trumpers came from. Because yeah. I know like, you know, I know the old canard uh, conservative ideology and I know how that, it, it could be so offended. By yeah. By Trump's populism, right, right? And I was even, you know, that, that was my standard assumption on Trump until I looked into him further, because I was kind of detached from politics at the point, didn't give a shit, and I was like, I didn't, I didn't see how he could win. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. was like, oh, he must yeah. be an Alex Jones clown candidate. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, so and then I looked, then he won, and I was like, well, I don't like being this wrong about something. You know, one thing about me is if I'm, <laughs> if I'm proven, if I'm proven horribly wrong about something, I'm going to try to like recover from that and like so, find out and find right, out yeah. where I went wrong. I'm not going to just I'm not going to just double down on being completely fucking ass wrong about everything. You know, that's just not me. I have to I have to get back, have to get right. So then I did my, you know, did some dig, did some digging and then I was like, oh, OK, now I get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, then from that point on, I started to appreciate well, the Well, you show. start to look into him and you start to be like, oh, damn, he was like way ahead of the curve on this thing on, and way ahead right. of the curve on this thing. And you're like, Oh, maybe he actually has good instincts, you know? Well, it's also yeah. the fact that he's... The, uh, it's also that all the things that are to the naked, un, to the naked, like, lazy eyes appear to be erratic, chaotic, absurd behavior are, in fact, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, And that's yeah. the part where you start to realize the method to the... Ma- you know, you start to realize that it's not... You no, know, he's not He's not crazy, he's not stupid. Yeah. And also, he's doing exactly in a way that only... that. This was the only way possible to red pill 
the country yeah, on yeah, on yeah, all yeah, the things that yeah. matter, such as the media being fake, yeah. news being fake, you know, immigration being yeah. a real problem that yeah. nobody Which wants nobody to deal with. Even thought about. No, I mean it was like, know, a, like it was yeah. a fringe topic that yeah, that yeah. was like it was like Michael Savage screaming into the void. Yeah. And it was like my mom dealing, you know, because my mom deals with a lot of illegal immigrants as I just say as a small time lawyer. All the like all these people who have to deal with it were just kind of screaming into the void. Right. And here comes Trump. Uh, and he opens the curtain on it entirely. Yeah. I mean, the most important thing is really the fake news more than anything else. And then the other most important thing is foreign policy, yeah. which again, we grew up in this, all of us, myself, I'm as guilty as anyone, in this under this assumption that you know what's going on and who the bad guys are and who the good guys are in the world and all this bullshit. And, and you know, that's something where obviously the left has been more um, agile about in the old days before they were like pure they before they were just basic military industrial democrats like they are now uh and you start to realize oh shit all the shit that you that they're saying he's starting world war three on are is the opposite yeah, he's like yeah. literally preventing wars that were going to happen otherwise and are now happening without him yeah that he would have not that would not that he would have stopped so like <laughs> it's all so all the things that you just all the stuff that you you're, you're brainwashed about basically Trump the average American was brainwashed about Trump completely exploded which is why Republicans hate him and Democrats hate him yeah, I mean yeah. with the old money Republicans hate him and all Democrats hate him and so also just artistic then there's just a whole artistic you know that that we all loved anyway I mean yeah that was obvious from the get that he's charming and funny and, yeah and the funny whatever. thing is everyone who hated him so much when he's dead and gone in 30 years they're all going to look back they're all going to look yeah, yeah, they're, they're, all. they're all going to be like oh he was hilarious yeah, 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 yeah. they already do that they already do that yeah it's very important yeah. to shame them when they do that because yeah. I, I hate that bullshit i hate that chicken <laughs> shit waiting until it's safe yeah no no bitch you better fucking yeah. vote for him now yeah, yeah, yeah. and you better you better march on the capitol now about a, the, the stolen election. Don't give me that bullshit in 30 years in about, 30 oh, years. 2020 was so stolen. It was crazy. That was yeah, so crazy yeah, how they right. stole that election. Yeah. Yeah, fuck you. Anyway. Totally. But, totally. yeah, so you're, so you're, that's, that's pretty, that's a pretty clean path. You were, Trump was your first, Trump 2015. Well, but like you, I mean, I think it's really interesting what you said about Rand Rand and going back and like looking at the process of your thinking. You were way more aware than I was. I mean, it seems like you were like somebody who actually really thought about these things. Yeah, like, which is unfortunate. Really think but it about is, it, but yeah. I was also a big Ayn Rand person. Right. You know, but it didn't bleed into politics. It really. didn't. Yeah, I didn't put it, it. For me, I don't know what it was like growing up for you, but like for me, I grew up so left wing. Where did you grow up? Such, I grew up in Evanston, Illinois. Oh, okay. Northwestern. So the family? only place in America that has reparations. Oh, really? So I have friends from high school who have received reparations. Okay, great. Yeah, twenty-five grand. Wow. Yeah, one payment, one time payment for being I black. I did blackface in high school. <laughs> I wonder if I could have gotten something out of that shit. Grew up in the wrong town. When did you do blackface? I, I didn't, well, I did a, I did a movie in which oh. I, I, I played like a reverend, I did several characters, including a reverend Jackson, uh, like a Jesse Jackson type of parody, Al Green, Jesse Jackson uh, composite character. I did full on <laughs> blackface for that. That's on video. And then I did nice. a performance at the uh, Academy Awards of my high school senior year as Tina Turner. I did my <laughs> nice. own uh, private dancer thing, and that was, you know, technically blackface because I was dark. Yeah, um, that's great. They, yeah, it was at the time, it worked. Yeah. You know? I think an Armenian, maybe he got away with it. Well, I, it wasn't nothing to do with it. It was yeah. just we were living in a free country at the right, time. Right, right. A third of my school was black, right. and they were perfectly fine with it. Oh, so you went to public school? Yeah, I went to public oh, school. I went to Pally High. Oh. And then Paul Revere oh, nice. before that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Always. Wow, a third of Pally High is yeah, black? Yeah, busing. At the time, Damn. it was still busing. Crazy. 
And same with Paul Revere. Third of Paul Revere was black to middle school. Um, uh, and and uh, uh, so yeah, I was a very I have a you know I've talked about this a lot. A very diverse uh, schooling, and I have a very like I have a very familiar sense of what like Inglewood, Compton, and black kids were like because yeah. what school with them? Um, and and so nobody can say shit to me. I don't like I have no I have literally no. <laughs> I grew up in like mostly black, like right. my middle Reparations school seventy percent black. My middle school, then my high school yeah. was like half. Half. And like 4,000, and it was like bad. Like it was like ghetto stuff. Right. There were like shootings. Oh, like, yeah. It was like very bad. And <laughs> nobody thinks this about Evanston because they think, oh, Northwestern. They right. don't realize it's like half very. And I was a wigger. I was a super wigger. Oh, you were so a wigger? I was, I was total that's wigger. What, okay, that thing. Total sense. wigger. I total, love, like, great. all my friends were black and uh, most. And that's so yeah. funny that you're a, you're a former wigger. Oh, total former wigger. That, when did you if break you out of being a wigger? you seen what I wore on like the first day of school, it was oh. decked out. Your, show, your pants, were, your, your belt was like on your <laughs> knees, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely a little saggy. Because you're I about the same age, much. right? How old are you? I'm 38. Yeah, I'm 38. So. Yeah, 30 the same age. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. at the time, the low hanging, low pants were the thing. I mean. Yeah, saggy, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, was, I was decked out. Was so that's out. great that you were a wigger. When did you like break out of being a wigger? I de-wiggered not by choice. It's the thing is like you really learn about racial differences if you're a wigger because if you're a smart wigger, right? Maybe unsmart wiggers. Who knows what happens to them? You know, like there were a few like wiggers. Yeah, if there were a few like uh, guys who were wiggers who then stayed wiggers because they just like their lives got fucked up. You know, like they they became like drug dealers or whatever. Right, Right. Whereas for me, it was like I hung out with all black people got a lot of girls because when you're a wigger you get a ton of girls people don't realize that especially in that age makes sense yeah it honestly. was like being a wigger was actually like people made fun of me yeah but the girls fucking were crazy that makes sense because it's the yeah. best of both worlds if yeah you're a girl. and there's, there's something about i don't i literally still to this day don't understand but um i get it so what happens though is like you separate it was like everything was all well and good until like sophomore year of high school and then it was like I went abruptly one direction. All my friends went abruptly the other direction, and there was like no reconciling. Like it was like it was just so such a violent split because I was going to college and I was in all the honors classes. I was like, you know, I couldn't. I didn't do shit in high school, but I just couldn't help doing well on tests and shit. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I was doing fucking I, I, not like coke, but I was drinking, doing drugs, you know, weed, partying all the time. But I still just got put on the path of like upward mobility you know what i mean like even without trying and they went to jail joined the army had jobs at grocery stores dropped out were drinking in the middle of the day you know they had fucked up lives man their parents were like drug addicts i had one friend whose mom was like Clearly, like a prostitute, oh, wow. like a drug prostitute. So that's straight up like Eric Cartman's bomb. It was fucking bad, man. Like it was like you saw. I saw that shit up close. Like it was like, not all the black people were like that. Some of the black people came from very much nicer houses than I did. You know, right. some of them. But the sh- people that I was hanging out with were like the ghetto ones, and they yeah. were like, it was fucking bad. And you know, the, just the force of that. Like I couldn't. We just couldn't stay together, you know? Like, I just went a different direction. Right. It was very depressing, actually, at the time, because it was like I lost all my friends, basically. No, it sucks. You know? Like, it sucks when you have to do yeah. that. I mean, yeah. I had I had a similar experience just with a few friends here. and there. I mean, not like 
not in that such a mass way, because in high school I kind of had my foot, I had very close friends that are still friends to this day. Uh, and then I had my foot in with all kinds of different groups because I played sports and what I loved What sports it. were you? I, I, I was, in high school I was soccer. I was a goalkeeper. Oh, nice. Oh. I was basketball in middle school. Yeah. That's the story I told about my basketball middle school coach and the, the live show. But then in, in high school, you had to choose because they were the same, both winter sports in LA. Oh, right. Same games at the same day. And I was just a way better goalkeeper than I was a basketball. I never could get my handles down basketball it was never good at handling the ball and I'm not tall enough to not be yeah, so yeah. that was my weakness um, and uh, but I was really into being a goalkeeper because it was a very Randian position you know yeah very individual fun I, I played some fun. goalkeeper like in AYS so yeah that's where I, I that's where I flipped because yeah. I was like this is way more fun yeah being the whole like uh, yeah it, it was great um, I love being a goalkeeper but I got but my point like I took pride in like having and I still had leftover uh, leftover Compton friends from middle school basketball. There, I had a, I was, I took pride in like, mix in like, in like dealing with everyone in my own weird way. Cause I wasn't like, I wasn't like conventionally in, in anything. It was, just, it was sort of my own weird little thing that I built, you know, yeah. identity that I built uh, piece by piece. Um, and yeah, you were kind of like a everything, like different groups. Different group. I, was yeah, yeah. Like a, I was just like, yeah. I was just like this, in this kind of weird individual that that like kind of at some point you know I mean I was very outspoken in class uh, I, as I said the 10th grade political thing I was just sort of one of these like people didn't know what the fuck to make of me yeah. but ultimately I kind of won over their respect and you know I was I was able to make them laugh and do all the things you do to you know I was just a weird but ultimately liked person in high yeah. school I think is the is the fair way to judge it it's like the best thing to be probably, you know? I, I mean I'm proud I, I yeah. have a great memory at my high school I just had my 20th anniversary at 20th reunion did you go? I did wow it was very strange but it was uh, I loved it even though like most of the people it was a very sparse crowd from what I knew and it was mostly the black kids yeah. Um, but even the ones like that I barely even remember that I, I was like totally forgot about but they all like remembered me I re and then I remembered them instantly and it was great it was great I had a I, I'm gonna do an episode about that that's like, cool I, I yeah I that. just saw the pictures from my reunion oh, like, boy, on you Facebook know that, yeah and they are like the most depressing thing I've really? ever seen in my entire life it's like the saddest that's so, so I mean and that's probably just a function of who went you know more so than that, yeah. just but like it just made me think, like, man, if that's what I came from, it was just like a garbage can of people. Really, it was, it was just, just like they, garbage. They just—that's sad. Well, I mean, you know, we had like a few rich white girls who are now, you know, classic rich white girls. But I will say, I am the only fucking Republican defector. I'm like, I am like the Voldemort of my high school. Very. Like you should hear when I like go back or like hear from people like. People are all like, we all know what yep. happened to you. Oh, like, really? Yeah, yeah. You see, that's that. Oh, yeah. See, that's. I where, mean, I already was like that a little bit anyway. Right. So like, yeah, they kind of. They. That's so interesting because, I mean, in my case, it's a little bit biased because everyone remembers me being, a, a ridiculously Republican. Yeah, to so the point right. that it's just baked into yeah, who right, I am. Yeah, they already know. Yeah, they yeah, already yeah, know, yeah, yeah. and they and and not not a single not. I mean, I have never detected. From anybody from my high school, a single problem with that in the in retrospect. Not that I that much in touch with all of them or anything like that, but it's just like maybe because I'd already won them over at the time. I mean, I literally had a debate in front of the school with my best friend about the Iraq War, pro, 
Oh, and wow. we convinced, yeah, and we like won that debate. Damn. Not that I'm proud of that. But How that, do you win? It was it was a debate team. It was thing? a pure. No, oh. it wasn't a team. It was just like we we it was like a one-off event. Oh, wow. It was moderated. There was the communists who were anti-war. Yeah. So, obviously, we're just more charming and smart, so that's why we won. <laughs> but I mean, so when I say we won, everyone's anti-war at the time, and it's pals, you know, it's pally. Yeah. And after our debate, like we had convinced a good number. You know, there was no like gay ass there was no texting system to vote on who yeah, won yeah. it was just like obvious that you know we changed a lot of minds yeah. not that i'm proud it's one of the things i've been most wrong about in my life is obviously the iraq war but right, right. i am proud of beating i'm surprised winning that fucking debate although somebody was just had a take of like actually the iraq war was a success what was that somebody was just saying it? i don't know it was I, like getting saddam out was the best oh uh, i mean mate you know whatever yeah. i'm I mean, hey like, i don't care i'm open to yeah. whatever who gives a shit yeah that's not the point it was it was a it was a it was i mean i was 100 sincere at the time and again, it was based in the, it was steeped in the knowledge that the facts you get about, for about foreign policy are somewhat more or less accurate, and you can kind of choose how you act. Things are different, obviously, in the real world, and as we've learned. Yeah. Um, but that's besides the point. My my, the point is that like I never had. There was always a you know, there was always a few people from the time who were like antagonistic toward. My 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 best friend and I were kind of like comrades in this in this department. Um, and there was there were antagonists, of course, d- during high school. But they there was, a, there was always a secret affection, and I, and I met some of those antagonists at the twenty year, and there was nothing but affection. And, he, and, and it was like I had a great. I just I had a very. It could just be me. It could just be the way I look at high school in these golden rimmed, you know, golden lens. Um, but I felt like it was. I was. I felt so. Ha- Proud. I mean, there you know, there have been suicides. There have been all these sad things, all these tragic cases, and there's only like 20% of my class was at this reunion. Yeah. But everything I saw was so heartwarming because I saw, first of all, the first thing you see is that everyone's exactly the same as they always were. No one has changed. They're all the same. So, like, they're soul-wise. Like, their their life may be up and down, and they may have been, you know, in jail, and now they're, you know, a total roller coaster ride. But they're the exact same souls that they've always been. Wow, Everyone's exactly yeah. the fucking same. Um, everyone has a certain. Everyone. This is maybe just speaks to something I've been kind of noticing about LA people. There is a certain uh, familial. There is a warmth between people that I was very happy to see. You know, people who never haven't seen each other in 20 years. It's not like we're not talking about like ongoing friends. We're just talking about everyone seemed to be like instantly like this was we're back in high school we're all on the same team we're 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 like navigating life you know as our separate selves and we all wish the best for each other there was a great speech that one of the black girls gave uh it pains me that i wasn't recording it because it was like one of the all-time speeches i'd ever heard just spontaneously outside as we're leaving she's like she she was just like saying she was just like tell like giving everyone this like spontaneous pep talk like yeah like you've got to like you know, keep on. We, I know we fronting. We all fronting. <laughs> we fronting out there. But you keep on. You keep doing. You keep working hard. You keep hustling. You keep doing your thing. If you're a man, we need to see you. We need to see you produce. We need to see you. You know, like he, she was just giving this like. She was just like expressing. She was just like preaching, and I was like literally like saying preach because it was exactly. This is exactly what you want to hear. Like everyone, do keep doing your thing. Be your best self. Um, work. Be useful. Be productive. Like she was just. 
we need it. We're all, and I need to get high at the end. Uh, she was just great. And just like, you know, a girl from Inglewood, yeah. uh, a girl from Compton. Our, uh, our, our, our actual reunion was in Compton because it was organized by someone who lives, one of the Compton there. kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I had a great time. I about ours too. Ours was very ghetto. It was like mostly the black kids who were yeah. there. And I, th- yeah. I think I like the LA black kids. Mean? I wonder what that means. What? The, the... Why is it that like the black kids go to the reunion? What is, what is well, they're most, they're the most, I think they had, they were the most social in a way, you know, they're like the black kids in a way, even though they were all going to school in Palisades, they all, they all live kind of in the same neighborhood originally. They're all, they're more, less likely to have left and gone to other cities. Yeah, yeah. They're less like, they're more lower class. So they're more kind of rooted in the land that they grew up in. I there's a lot of reasons for it, but also they just care more about this shit. They just care more it about like... It is funny what you said, how they all say they remember you. It's the same thing with me. It's like whenever I'll, I'll run into people and they'll remember everything about me. And I'll be like, it's the same thing. It's like the black kids remember. They remember they everything. Remember it, like, I, was, I was shocked. Yeah. There was like several that I, I think just... maybe it's just like black people are more social. They're, they're just like more... They care more about like family and like they care more. Like white people are very... Like Definitely more distant. atomized. Yeah, yeah you know, more yeah, we love being atomized. Like, Especially, we hate being together. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. like we like being in our own fucking house, like, yeah. separated. Whereas, like, uh, yeah. no, black people are up in each other's business, and they they do have uh, at least you know the LA. At least like I could speak for the ones I grew up with and the ones that were like yeah. that are from here, because um, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know, you know, I didn't. There was no. There was zero BLM bullshit. Like there was zero of any oh, of yeah, this I mean, you go infecting. To the, oh my God. You go to any of the black people I grew up with, they do not give the first fucking shit. About right. That. It, you know, they're just like, what? Like, I don't care. It was you know, just refreshing yeah, to live yeah, back yeah. in that world where totally. it wasn't mediated by, yeah. like, Obama-era nonsense. And right, yeah. It was yeah, just, yeah. you're just like, you know, it's the 90s again. Kind of, it wasn't, not that it was, not, I didn't go to high school in the 90s, it was the 2000s, but still. It was in that post-racial reality where kind of life had a certain... Uh, Authenticity to it, I guess. That's it's, cool. You went. Yeah, I go. I go. I, I I've gone to both so far, the ten and the twenty. My life is just an endless cycle of burned bridges. Speaking of the bridges, <laughs> uh, of, of bridges. Yeah, that's. I just have. I mean, you know. You lit a match on Evanston. Oh yeah. I mean, I've lit lit a match on everything, and the Trump, Trump, and then COVID. That burned up pretty much everything. I mean, like, I lost probably 85% of people in my life with Trump than COVID, right? Yeah, that makes that checks out. You know, I mean, there's a couple people that are remain and, <clears throat> you know, I'm happier, to be honest. I'm much happier. I'm much happier in the past two years since COVID than I've that ever makes been. Sense. Because you just get rid of the... You yeah. get rid of the fucking toxic. Chat, you you get know rid of the toxic. It's toxic. Like everything they yeah. say, the toxic stuff, like it's, yeah. all, it's all true about them. They're the ones who are monitoring your every move right. your every word snitching they're the yeah. ones who make it uncomfortable for you to just chill and hang out right. uh why would you like it's if you think about it it's insane that any of us ever i mean you have to do what you have to do to get through in life obviously you have to bite the bullet and you have to do what you're told to some degree if you're gonna if you're trying to navigate an industry or a you know workspace or whatever when you look back and you like when i hear about people who today have like libtards in their social circle yeah, yeah. where they have to be afraid of what books they have lying around right. their house. Like people yeah. talk about this online and I'm just thinking to myself, how do you do it? How do how you, can you do are, I hope you're just like 21 because I can't understand. I would yeah. never, <laughs> I can't even fucking, I can't, where you can't say certain where you things, can't say yeah, certain right, things and right, around a, it's one thing if you're in a fucking, yeah. you know, 
whatever weird ceremony if you're around supposed friends and like roommates and like right. how do people do it yeah I, it's i mean i never had the i didn't have the problem to the degree that i ever had close people too close who were you know because you're at some point you you can't you can't disguise anything i had a lot of uh ambient morons that i was swimming around in the 2015 to 2020 uh, just by being in la and being involved in all kinds of various sundry scenes but uh, yeah, this thing, you're, 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 you're describing a common experience. And I feel like, what the fuck is wrong with Evanston? That they're so... Why, like, Evanston is like the white guilt capital of the world. It's like uh, the BLM sign, BLM yard sign, capital of the that's like, world. That's so pathetic to me. Well, it's, it's similar here, right? I mean, it's the Palisades is probably very similar. Oh, I'm yeah, sure, I'm sure similar, it's like a similar like, today, like if you're, uh, yeah, if you grew up in this culture. But I guess what I'm saying is that I'm comparing it to my experience with the high school where everyone knows that I'm a... No, but I didn't get a single sour word, yeah. you know. No, no one even asked me, oh, did you go for... Like, no one... That was not ever a topic. Uh, didn't even come up. And so I'm just thinking, like, what, well, what's the difference that in them, it was, it was so much, and there well, was so much me, animosity for me you. Personally? Yeah. Well, I mean, one, I'm sure had I been, like, the class Republican from that age, nobody yeah. would have. Right. Yeah, nobody would have cared. Right. I think it was probably the flipping. The flipping, The yeah. flipping really bothered Yeah, the people. later it happens, the more it yeah. probably. And that disturbs people because they were like, he was one of us. And then he, yeah. you and know. Then he Whereas for you, they were probably like, oh, well, that's always been his beliefs. Yeah, like, well, you know, there's whatever. that guy. Yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was part of it. I was always kind of a weird mix of like. I was always like the bad kid. You're the wigger who I, I, went off the plantation. The the, yeah, right. the wantation, yeah. Well, and I was always like that even then. Like, I was the kid, like, I was the kid who, like, uh, I was like the problem child. You know what I mean? Like, I was always like the bad kid. Right. You know? Oh, like, you're like I, Bart Simpson a little bit. Yeah, I was a little, like, yeah, I was always like the kid that the other parents were like, don't hang out with Isaac. You know, like, be careful of him. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, he's going to lead you astray. Which, of course, like, well, that's just it's a vibes. weird way of being popular and also hated. You yeah. know what I mean? Because, like, you're, like, I always was, like, cool, but I was also, like, a pariah, you know, in, in certain yeah. ways. And then, of course, it really pisses them off when you're, you know, when I'm, like, not that I'm super successful, but, like, I graduated law school, I passed the bar. You know, that, that like, pisses them off because right. then it's like, well, we wanted him to... We wanted him to be a fuck up, you know. Right. Then right. I wasn't. So you're more when you're more successful than the goody two shoes yeah. kids who who are protected from you. That always exactly. hits. It's like, and what are they doing? You know, they right. have stupid, shitty manager jobs. Right. You know, and like, so I would say like the people in Evanston, Illinois, are most definitely rooting against uh, Isaac Simpson. I promise you. And also the Trump. I mean, oh my God, your name is Simpson too. I yeah, forgot. Okay. Yeah. The voting for Trump really was like. Oh, yeah, that that's pissed gonna, people off yeah. so much, you right. know, like that. I think a lot of them have gotten over that, but I had family. I mean, I don't know if you went through this at all, but oh, I guess you weren't Trump one. Uh, I, I mean, I was. My family was. Yeah. Um, I wasn't. In, I, I wasn't politically engaged enough that it was obvious to people what my political sympathies were in, in those years. It I was, was like, I was, you know. People forget Trump one. It was dark. Oh, I don't remember. I don't forget I was it at getting, all text messages yeah. from people you would not believe like emails from friends close friends being like fuck you i hope you fucking die yeah. like you are pure evil like blah, 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 blah. 
just because you're fucking voting for Trump. I mean, it's like yeah. family members saying "fuck you." I saw I saw it all on Facebook. Yeah. I saw it all cross. I saw the <laughs> oh, crossfire. My law school. My law school was the funniest because I was I predicted he was going to win a week before. I was like, he's yeah. going to win. Yeah. Everybody was so good. Everybody was like, you're fucking nuts. He won. Night he won. One of the happiest nights of my life. I, I really regret not being in this country. Oh, where were not, you? I was in Beirut. Oh, I was Because my movie was playing there. Oh, I, cool. I, my movie was like, you know, I was doing a little tour with my movie at that time. Yeah. And I woke up to the news in Beirut. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm like, what? Yeah. yeah. I was like, I was total. I was really out of the loop. And, uh, I, but I, but I would have really enjoyed being here. That night, was, that evening. I remember exactly where I was when it was was going down. It was just such a glorious fucking thing. I lost my job afterwards because of it. Right. I fucking uh, lost most of my friends and family, and uh, totally worth it. And it was totally the right thing. Um, it was the right move. Uh, but man, during that time, it was fucking ugly. It was like people right. lost their. Oh yeah, law school. The law school people were the craziest, because I had pre- oh sorry, I had predicted a week before, and when it happened, I woke like I went online that night, and I had like 99 plus Facebook notifications, and it was just every person from my law school. It was like literally saying "fuck you, fuck you, fuck." It was like a line of just "fuck you, Isaac, fuck you, Isaac, yeah. fuck you, Isaac." Fuck yeah, you, Isaac. yeah, yeah, yeah. People so fucking mad. Um, just an entire generation of, of people completely lost to a mental illness. Well, it's like, and you're sitting in your own never, life. First of all, to me, it comes back to the longhouse, right? It's coddled women. Like, men, they can fucking take it. Whereas they, these were women, they had never not gotten their way. Right. You know, they had never seen what the world was like without it. Like, their vision of good versus evil... Yeah, and it was Hillary Clinton. And it was you Hillary know what Clinton. I mean? Yeah, their yeah. version, which is which is the literally women. state well, yeah. propaganda from the hospital exactly. sign yeah. in Washington D.C. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's their vision. Like these, yeah. you have to understand how yeah. divorced they are from any kind of individual exactly. independent thinking. Totally. Like zero, zero, zero whatsoever. Yeah. And it's like these are the people who call all the shots because all their husbands do exactly what they're told. Yes. And who and, and everyone's exactly. everyone's school does does exactly what they're told, and their kids do exactly what they're told by these women yeah. and they're the ones who like ushered in transgenderism on everyone totally. and are now like blaming it on gays yeah. there's like they're the one you know <laughs> totally. it's like that's totally. all they're fucking, it's, it's 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 maddening at every and yeah. every turn and even like right wingers inevitably end up simping and trying to disguise the yeah. role that women have played in all this well nobody wants to talk about <laughs> it. nobody wants to talk nobody about wants to talk about this and it's so obviously it, it's like yeah it was it was hillary clinton it was she perseveres it was it her. was finally gonna be this moment of a female president. It was like everything was gonna work out. And then it was like they could not believe their eyes. It was like the movie yeah. where the good guy was supposed to win and the good guy and then, lost. And then, you then know? The, and then like they, they couldn't believe that as they were about to like yeah. as they were about to just like complete their reign of terror on their unceasing reign of terror. Daddy comes home yeah, yeah, and yeah, says, yeah, "Bitch, you're grounded." Yeah, 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 like yeah, just yeah. like that, and, and it was just they boom. fucking lost it. <laughs> yeah, dude, and it was, and that's why it was all worth it. It was all worth it to see them so in anguish, and you oh. know, like I, uh, yeah, I mean, we can finish up, but uh, no, no, I, I'm, yeah, you have to go. Uh, well, I wonder if they erected the suicide fence around the time of 2016. Do we know in the history when it began? When? 18. 18. So you see. There probably were some crazy bitches who jumped that night 
Well, so I <laughs> jumped up this bridge. This particular right? bridge. Yeah, it I mean, was this Pasadena is conservative, it at least open. in principle. I don't know if it technically is Republican anymore. No, it used to I be. Think it's Democrat. Used to be hardcore conservative in yeah. the olden days. At yeah. least like the old time, you know, the little old ladies from Pasadena, yeah, yeah, they yeah. weren't voting Democrat. No. Well, I don't know. Were they? Were, or, well, or are they like Boston Brahmin types? Good yeah. question. I feel, I, yeah. my, my feeling of the place is that it's quite conservative yeah. when it's white at least and you know when it's like latino one well, non-jewish you know, yeah right. non-jewish non-jewish right. one when it's non-jewish right. right wait are you jewish yeah yeah you're because you're well, from, my mother's jewish my father's uh boss but, right, I, that, am, but that you, I am now you know i've i've uh, that's my religion right so you were not just a, uh you were a you were not just a we have to wait for this black gentleman to pass just in case, <laughs> just in case he objected to the word I'm about to use, which yeah. is that you're not just a wigger, you're a jigger. I'm a jigger. Which a I feel Jew, like is Jew, yeah, Jew, 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 yeah. Um, Although I wasn't raised with any Judaism at all. I've I've recently discovered my Judaism. Oh, or, have you? Yeah. Did you discover it in urban? No. Urban <laughs> is not a very Jewish. <laughs> it isn't? Jewish but Garvin's Jew. He wrote the code. He's a Mishling. The ancient code yeah, is there. Yeah, yeah. Oh he's a Mishling. I thought it's a Mish like like me. Okay. Although you know, Michelin, I always thought Michelin was like a was like a, a, a Yiddish word. It's actually a Nazi. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's well, actually like a Nazi category. The I horseshoe. said it to my rabbi the other day, and I have like this Hasidic rabbi, and he was like Michelin. I, right. I was like, I was like, oh, I thought you speak Yiddish, don't you know that? He was like, I've never heard that word in my life. And we Google, and it was like Hitler's word for. <laughs> 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 and I was like, oh shit! Sorry. Oh well. <laughs> hey, you know, listen, he, he wasn't he wasn't wrong about everything. No, he was right he about some, most things. Yeah. Uh, now, so, well, it was a pleasure getting, yeah. I yeah, mean, and had any, uh, anything, anything you want to direct people to in terms of your clients or yourself well, or your what, own production? What kind of audience do you have? Like, who, who listens? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's like the people you saw, you saw at the, uh, the live event. Which was great. That was it's a great fucking crowd. live event, by the way. Thank you. That was the best one of those I've seen by far. Because you had an idea, you had like a system. It wasn't just like hanging out and reading, you know, like yeah. people reading off a piece of paper, which is so fucking boring. And yeah. that's what everything is now. That was like an actual performance, which was really impressive. There shall be more. It was, yeah, dude. That was Mark fucking calendar. Awesome. Um, um, yeah, anyway, so yeah, uh, read The Carousel. I just published a piece about, I'm, I'm in the midst of uh, publishing a three part piece about helium. I got sent to Amarillo uh, to research helium for Urbit for this Urbit project called Blimpdow. So you know I'm still like a Gonzo writer. Right. So I uh, wrote about that. My blog, The Carousel, is very popular. I had the piece about Montana that went fucking insane. Um, Great. There's going to be a war in Montana. I don't know if you ever saw. There's going to be a war in Montana. That's the title. Yeah, yeah. I'll, and I'll that like went hyper viral for like a year. That's great. Um, so I, I'm a you know I'm a writer on on The Carousel. Will. Marketing agency, branding agency, uh, that's my other project. And yeah, everything's based, everything's dissident. Last thing I wanted to ask, well, uh, two things. One, if you, were to, if you were to be my ad agent at yeah. Filthy Armenian Adventures, based on what you know, based on from the live show, based on whatever you picked up from my vibe, would you be, what, was, what would your pitch be? How would you what pitch me? What are you? What you am like, I? What are you? Yeah, what am I? That's a fucking good question. You know, you're a little bit hard to figure out, a I know. little bit. Like, cause it's kind of hard to, I don't know enough about your filmmaking career. I think, I think I would need to know more. How much, what percentage filmmaker are you? Like well, 60, well, 20? Well, you know, it depends on the time. Uh, it was, for a period of years, it was a hundred. Yeah. But this was always, 
this is always the person behind it, and the kind of films that I was making have to be where you know you don't you're not you're not a, a, a able to express very much of yourself. You have to kind of really stick to, and it's particular with the, the films I've made have all been in some way or another dominated by the forces of history, and specifically of history as related to Armenia. Yeah. So. There, there have it, my personality has been very sublimated in these movies, and it's not something that you would necessarily you would you would see the connection, but it's not a connection that's very obvious on the surface. I haven't made a movie that's like the film version of what this show is, yeah, or or the film version of what even my like you know uh, monologues are or anything like that. Um, it hasn't that hasn't happened yet. It's very sublimated, and that's part of a puzzle that's. That's part of a puzzle that I think is an interesting one to figure out. But based on just what you've seen, I would like to, I, you know, based on what you've picked up from your very limited exposure, which is just a live show, I believe, and my personality today, I'm curious if you have any kind of, you know. You strike me as like a classic bohemian artist, like somebody who is genuinely a performer and a chronicler and like a creator of culture um but again it's a little bit tough because it's like on stage what you're you're like you know they don't really have these people in america but you know they have these like stage shows in italy where it's like it's not a comedian right and it's not a like uh, it's definitely not americans have this fucking stupid thing of, I kind of hate stand-up comedy because stand-up comedy is like you go in a room and there's your laughing area. Go yeah. over here and like laugh. Yeah. But when you leave the room, don't laugh anymore. Yeah. You know, like yeah. but over here, like over here, laugh. Designated yeah. laughing zone. And the guy who's yeah. making you laugh is like sounds like a laugh machine. Yeah, like, like I'm ah, the nah, laugh nah, nah, nah. machine. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And I, I fucking, I kind of, I've always hated that. I fucking hate UCB. Oh my god, more than anything in the world. And so. In Europe, they have these people who are more like on-stage raconteurs uh-huh. who tell the story of a city or they tell the story of, a, you know, non-fiction adventures and they tell it on stage in a certain way. They kind of walk around and they tell it. They're like truth-tellers, mm-hmm. on-stage truth-tellers. I see you as more of like a version of that. You're like a performative truth-teller. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And like there's a guy, actually who's a family friend, Marco Paolini, you could look into. There's a bunch of these guys in Europe that they're just more like uh, raccon, professional raconteurs. Right. Okay, yeah. I, I can live with that. That's what I, I've got. I, so far. That's what you got if so far, we really yeah. did it, we would do a brand immersion. Oh, right. We'd pay a lot of money. Yeah. No, I'm sure. That, <laughs> I'm sure this could take. This is just the the bare bones. Of, yeah. Yeah. Of the uh, yeah the branding. Yeah. But I've always struggled to be able to define myself. Yeah. In Europe, it's more like performers aren't in such balkanized categories. They're more just like general. You know, like tell storytellers. Right. Yeah. Although that's like the worst. Now the right. light, it's it's getting dark. Yeah, we've lost the LA light. We've lost the LA light. It's just got the very yeah. the very, very dim shadows of it remain. It's still yeah. it's still like look at this like dusk. It's like it's a bright dusk. Yeah, it's like bright. Dusk. And yeah. it's gonna be bright till the minute it's completely dark. Yeah. It's crazy. The lights are on. Um it really is, yeah. It's it's a it really does define your entire uh, relationship to mortality in life. The light in L.A. Is there anything from this that you want to read off? That's a about the light. Um. Well, so I I had brought this. I think this is totally off topic now, but uh, yeah, it is. there's this great essay about 
LA light called LA Glows by Lawrence Weschler in The New Yorker. And um, he talks about the quality of the light here and why it is the way that it is. And it's because the air is reversed here from everywhere else. So, uh, should I read it or should well, I? Well, whatever you want. I mean, I just want, you know, like a capper on this, on this, because we started out talking about the light, and now that it's gone, maybe we okay, can just say so goodbye to the light. Fucking daylight. The light is going away. Um, so it's like, uh, it's not for nothing that during the first two thirds of this century, a good three quarters of the most significant discoveries in astronomy were made here in Southern California. Why? Well, it's thanks to the incredible stability, the uncanny stillness of the air around LA. It goes back to the business people are always talking about. A desert thrusting up against the ocean, and specifically against the eastern shore of a northern ocean, which, with its cold clockwise southward moving current. And the other crucial element in the mix is these high mountain ranges girdling the basin. So that what happens here is that the ocean-cooled air drifts in over the coastal plain and gets trapped beneath the warmer desert air floating in over the mountains to the east. That's the famous thermal inversion and the opposite of the usual arrangement where warm surface air progressively cools as it rises. And the atmosphere below the inversion layer is incredibly stable. You must have noticed, for instance, how if you're on a transcontinental jet coming in for a landing at LAX, once you pass over the mountains on your final approach, no matter how turbulent the flight might have been, suddenly the plane becomes completely silent and steady and still and you have no have you noticed that i have every time there's over the mountains it's bumpy and it's totally fucking still that's the stable air of la um why so why is that important well have you noticed for instance that if you go into the arizona desert say it may be an incredibly clear day but the road off in the distance is shimmering that's the heat rising in waves off the surface off the ground on the other hand go out to the santa monica palisade and gaze out over the cool water it's It's completely clear and distinct, clean out to the horizon. The heat arising from the ground in most places, or rather, blah, 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 heat and cold air, is in turn what makes stars shimmer and twinkle. A twinkling star can be very pretty and romantic, but a twinkling is a distortion. If you're an astronomer, you don't want twinkles. And that's what you get here. The stars don't twinkle in LA. No twinks in LA. Oh, God, too much talking. No. no, but anyway, what it's saying yeah. is you don't get that air distortion effect here because we're basically in this fucking blank zone of air. And that's why the weather never changes here because yeah. we're in this like northern ocean, I guess, or whatever, on the sea, and then we're like boxed in by the mountains. So we're just in this like fucking terrarium. Right, we're some we're someone's yeah. observation cu- like pot like cubicle. We're like a like a museum. Uh, uh, yeah. We're like in, trapped yes. in a zoo type of thing for someone. Exactly. Some cosmic zoo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you can just see directly into it, and there's no yeah. like weather. That's why it's fucking you know just it, it always is yeah. eerily strange and also inspiring to land in LA from an airplane yeah. to fly into this yeah like into thing. the terrarium into the terrarium yeah. and just see and see also it's an infinite terrarium because it feels infinite as right. you start to get closer and closer it's just right. like holy shit there's but no it's limit. like the air is just still like it's like there's no fucking wind there's no it's just like I mean I guess the Santa Ana's the right? Santa Ana's when they blow it they blow yeah. it hard uh, and they and they knock everything down but they set everything aflame but yeah the way overall it's it's not a windy place uh, unless you're right by the Pacific. And it's also interesting. You said he notes here earlier that like people would notice just watching 
Laurel and Hardy, how they, they, they have such long and crisp shadows in the winter. Oh, yeah. Whereas yeah, yeah, in the yeah. winters in the east, nobody's got no shadow whatsoever. At all, right. That's another part in there. Where it's like the light is both either really, really crisp here or it's diffuse and bright, right? Yeah. So he was saying, like, it's the guys who does, like, also this is a big reason why we shoot things here. He says, like, he has an air meter, right? And normally if the light is diffuse, that means it's foggy or overcast. So that means you have to have, like, 50% more light in the camera. He said LA is the only place where it'll be foggy and diffuse, but the light will be full. The light will be full. Yeah, because it's like, we just have this weird ass like haze that doesn't move. Right. You gotta wear, that's why you have to wear uh, shade, you have to wear sunglasses even when it's dark, even when it's foggy. That's true. When it's overcast. So even though, even the, even the the gray is bright. It's brighter, right. This episode of Filthy Armenian Adventures was recorded live at Colorado Street Bridge in Pasadena, California, and hosted by Alec Mohibian, supported entirely by the rug merchants, cigar singers, and oligarchs of the night who subscribe to the show on Patreon to join their enlightened society and gain access to twice as many adventures. Please go to patreon.com slash filthyarmenian and become a patron of this travel agency for the soul. Follow us on X and Instagram at Filthy Armenian. Follow our guest Isaac Simpson at Disgraced Prop and check out his Substack at thecarousel.substack.com. Stay tuned for news on the second live Filthy Armenian adventure coming soon. Thank you for listening. To be continued and don't jump yet. <laughs>